connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hey, nerds, it's Brad here. I'm editing this week's show, and I've discovered a loss of audio quality at around the 10-minute mark, which unfortunately means a good chunk of the show doesn't sound as great as it usually does. Luckily, you can still hear what we say, but it just doesn't sound as good. So we'll get things fixed up for next week, and until then, try to enjoy our review of Passengers and La La Land uh, as best you can. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2017 and beyond. You can log on to denvercomiccon.com to purchase tickets today for June 20th, 20th, June 30th through July 2nd, 2017 at the Colorado Convention Center. It has a big blue bear looking through the window. That's when you know you're at the right place. You could buy tickets tomorrow, but there will be fewer of them tomorrow. Yes. Every day there are fewer tickets. So the longer you wait, the less chance you have of going. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie, and we podcast our experience of the world. Yep. This week, we saw two movies. We saw Passengers and La La Land. And I'm going to change it up. Because gonna... I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do, guys. I'm going to catch you off guard. Okay. But before we do that, um, how is everybody's holiday? Merry Christmas to everybody Merry Christmas. in the yeah. listening yeah. land. Happy holidays if you don't celebrate Christmas. Merry uh, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird because you're like an atheist, but you're like... Totally He's about super into He really likes Santa Claus. <laughs> no, He's a no, big fan of Santa. I like material holiday, things. Man. <laughs> I mean, let's let's call it spade a spade. I like shit. You should create your own material consumerism holiday. I do Christmas. <laughs> Thanks for setting that one up for me, Brad. <laughs> oh, that was good. No, I think today is the first day of Hanukkah. Or is it the uh, last day of Hanukkah? Yesterday was. No, no, no. It actually, Hanukkah goes into 2017, yeah, year, which yeah. is super weird. So does it start today? No, it started. I think, I think it started on this Saturday. This is the third day of, yeah. of Hanukkah. Our Jewish so. friends, please let us know. Well, we'll just, let's just say it's the third day because nobody knows when we're recording this. So right. we'll just look smart and say it's the third day of Hanukkah. Yeah. Nice. No yeah. one will ever know. So, yeah. Unless Henry, how was your holidays? Here. It was good. Welcome back, by the way. Yeah, I'm back in town. Uh, yeah. I came home. We did the holiday things. And they, yeah, that was my holiday. So it was Clearly, a good holiday. Yeah, you're, I think your voice has gone down another octave now that you're in college. And oh, you're I'm like sorry. A, you've, you've turned into I went a through second full grown man. No, <laughs> it didn't go down uh, because of that. It's because he's a hipster douche from New York. Oh. That's also true. That's also look, he's, true. He's wearing a leather jacket. What does your shirt know, you, say? You look so much Bullies cooler. Suck. Bullies suck. <laughs> this is all the, the clothes I had before I went to New York. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, designer jeans. But you just looked less from cool the gap, before. I think. <laughs> Designer jeans. Yeah, like, I get my jeans at Kmart. Kmart yeah. still exists. They do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But cool. yeah, so I'm back in town for yeah. a couple of weeks. So Good. excited to have you back. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to be on the show next week? Uh, hopefully. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Sweet. What is next week, Ryan? Yeah. Next week on? is Film Explosion 2016, where we take our ten favorite films from the year and reveal them to our listening audience. You can also send us your ten favorite films, and we will also talk about them on the show. You're hardcore in radio mode tonight. Like you're it's, really like it's today. Yeah, it's just well, whatever. They don't nobody, know that. Nobody knows that. It's the, it's the magic of radio, man. It could be nighttime. <laughs> it's whatever time you're listening to it. So, did you get anything cool for Christmas? Any good did movies? I, um, my wife got me practical shit. I wanted stuff <laughs> that I could just 
dispose of. You know, I wanted a waffle maker. Well, I wanted like... an NES Classic. Didn't get it. Oh, well, that's hard. That's to, hard to find. I don't though. give a shit. Well, I want it. I if want she it loved now. you, she would have tried. Exactly. She did not try. She would have punched a kid. <laughs> she got, <laughs> yeah, she she, got me. She would have thermals. So when I'm working and it's cold, I don't get cold. Aww. I don't need that shit. Yeah, for a guy who doesn't wear a coat outside, I don't. A guy who does not own a coat, I do. I own an Idaho Springs police jacket. It stays in the car. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did this traffic stop a few weeks ago and it's minus ten degrees, and. Uh, I was actually just... You showed up in your Hawaiian shirt and your short, your jean shorts, and they were like, are you a police officer? No, it's the police biking uniform. No, <laughs> I did have my, my long sleeves on, and I was actually just uh, there helping another officer. And so he went back to his car, and I was like, oh, I'll just talk to this guy. And in about like five minutes, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't feel my hands. <gasps> oh. And my wife got me gloves that are also in my patrol car that I could totally have been wearing. Aww. But you know, I don't do what I want. Yeah. What about you, Brad? Did you get anything fun? Uh yeah, I got three hundred dollars cash. So I'll <laughs> nice. yeah. spend that Man. on on disc printing for my that's, movies. That's yeah. a that's a lot of uh criterion editions you can get when they're on sale at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Hmm. That's cool. I think the Grand Budapest criterion should be coming out. Yeah, it's getting close. Soon. It's getting close. But I did get uh, my family a trip to Disneyland, so... No oh, shit! Yeah. Oh, man, that's, that's cool. Awesome. So what it's, really, it's really a trip for me, too, so... <laughs> well, yeah. you know... But I also... So I, I got it, and I felt really bad. I'm like, I can't just give Laura this, because... Like, I can't just give Laura just a trip to California. Yeah. Give her that would be just me. irresponsible. So I was... On Christmas Eve, I, it took me so long to get off work. I was supposed to get off at noon... And I'm still, it's like one o'clock because we have, uh, sometimes just it doesn't work out. And I'm like, oh man. And so I ran to like Victoria's Secret, like, and I barely got there. I didn't get sexy stuff. I got her pajamas. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool, cool. Um, yeah. I bought my parents a, a snowblower this year, which I can say because they've already opened it. Nice. Um, because I've been threatening to do it for years because they're old people now. And they need one. Yeah, right. Yeah. I want one and I'm it's not an old person. Super badass. I've, I used it. I mean, there wasn't any snow this year, yeah. but there was still some snow on their <laughs> I deck. Know it's like sixty degrees outside. So I w- we were like outside, like brushing their deck with the snowblower, just because it was cool. Nice. Yeah. No, yeah, it's really like once you like you get actual snow and you use it, you're never gonna go back to like snow oh, shoveling. Oh no, 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 no! It's gonna yeah, it's gonna totally. You'd be like, why would I ever do this again? Yeah, it's <laughs> clearly for godless heathens. So what about you, Henry? Anything awesome? Uh, just like. I got a lot of gift cards for food so I can afford to eat. Oh, so, good. Yeah. Yeah, food's good. Yeah, so I won't starve. Hey. That's good. That's always fun. Are you saying that fans so, should, like, ship you top? Do you want to put out your address and everybody will just ship yes, you top here, ramen? My social security number is 555. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what does the economical uh, artist New Yorker usually eat? Uh, in McDonald's. The city ever? There's, McDonald's. A, there's a 24-hour McDonald's, like, a block from me. So uh, Is that, like, a night on the town? It, that's my fancy college life, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. Um, usually this is the part of the podcast where I tell you, this is what's playing at the Alamo Draft House. but this week you have to go see new movies because there's so many, they yeah. don't have any events scheduled. Yeah. But they have all the great movies, so go support them and see, go see Moana there. Oh, yeah. Um, well, and there is some, there's some really cool stuff coming up in January. Like, yeah. Uh, they've got, they're going to show Brick again, and the guy who plays I know, I thought of you because they have a special mug for it. I know. I'm going to have to, I'm going to take my ticket stub that I have, that I had Ryan Johnson sign and i'm gonna have him sign it too nice um so that eventually my tiny little esquire <laughs> ticket stub will be just covered in sharpie and i'll be like no no i swear everyone signed it and i was like uh-huh you'll take it to pawn stars and the yeah uh the guy they have come look at it to authenticate the signatures can't tell that it's authentic right yeah it just looks like you colored it in with a <laughs> yeah. sharpie 
Um, so yeah, so make sure you support the Alamo Draft House. My favorite place to see a movie. And also support the local comic store, Coins, Cards, and Comics. Remember, till the end of December, you can play the dice game and have a chance to get store credit. That's awesome. And I, uh, so, I, you know, I love talking about Spider-Man stories when they interest me. Yeah. And right now they have one called The Clone Conspiracy, where they're bringing back the Jackal and Gwen Stacy clone. I'm like, Ugh. it's always hard for me to get into those ones, because usually they're so convoluted and stupid. <clears throat> but this one's really cool. It's uh, the Jackal's back, and he's not making clones, per se. He's taking, like, people that have diseases and giving them new organs but they have to take a pill but every day or they die so oh. he's like having all these people under his like control when they die do they turn into like giant spiders or something no they like disintegrate oh no or like they like they look like the crypt keeper they kind of wither away oh okay sure um but they have this backup story because the gwen gwen stacy's uh not her clone is back it's like her new you okay after the company so they like take her DNA and they like reconstruct her, which is kind of a clone. It's like convoluted, but it's, yeah. it's really good. Um, but they have this backup story in one of them, and I've always wanted the story told. Um, so in Amazing Spider Man 121, the Green Goblin kidnaps Gwen Stacy and throws her off a bridge. Um, what? Yeah, true story. Uh, but there's this gap. So the Green Goblin shows up, and then Spidey shows up to his apartment and realizes Gwen's been kidnapped. He goes looking for her, can't find her, and eventually finds her on top of the bridge. And I'm always like, what happened to Gwen, you know, in that gap? Yeah. Because I totally um, disavow the story that happened that the Green Goblin had an affair with Gwen Stacy and she had twins that accelerated at a certain rate and now they're like bad kids. Why would you disavow that? that right? That it's sounds stupid. like a great story. Yeah. So I don't like anything. You know how protective I am of Gwen Stacy? I'm yeah. Like, I don't like anything that makes her look bad. I mean, you're, you're more protective of Gwen Stacy than Spider-Man is. What? Oh, burn. Anyways, it's a really heartbreaking story. So... Uh, the Green Goblin knocks her out with goblin gas, and um, he he picks her up, and he flies her to the bridge, and the story shifts focus from um, the Green Goblin to Gwen Stacy, and it's all thoughts in her head of what's happening. She can't move because she's paralyzed, and she can hear uh, Spidey and the Goblin fighting, and the Green Goblin calling Spider-Man Parker, and she feels ultimate... Uh, 100% betrayed by Spider-Man and Peter Parker because uh, she blames Spider-Man for the death of her father. And it's this really heartbreaking thing. She can't move and there's like tears coming out of her eye that she's been betrayed by Peter and she's knocked off the thing and she knows she's going to die and she's like, there's nothing I can do about it. And she has this uh, great little monologue as she's falling and Spidey catches her and breaks her neck and stuff. And so it's a really cool um, story. So pick up The Clone Conspiracy, number one, if you want to read it and the art's amazing in it that's um, awesome did, jim chuang is the artist chung something like that did you get to see the spider-man trailer when you were at the yeah. theater this week oh so cool i know it's really good in theaters it's great in theaters cool so yeah so support colorado coins cards and comics if you're looking for something talk to andrew uh, i've been on this big uh, satana kick because it's awesome satanic uh satana so oh. she is a character created by john romita and uh, Jerry Conway, I think. Or maybe Roy Thomas. I can't remember. This is, this is different from Zatanna. Yes. Okay. Satana. Satana. And she's this half-demon. Oh, that oh her, okay. Her mom had sex with Satan. Sure. And she was born. Hot. And her brother was born. So uh, he's like a good guy. And she's not. And so she kisses men and drains them of their life force. And they turn into butterflies and she eats them. <laughs> it's awesome. Isn't oh, she, like, that's the, not where I was expecting that to go. sister of... Hellstorm? Yes. Yeah. 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 Damien Hellstorm. But she's not very many comics. She's been around for like 46 years. And me and Andrew were looking, and I mean, I think she's like sexy. That's why I like her. But yeah. like, 
She's only like in forty comics in forty years. She's like one comic a year, basically. I'm gonna guess she's uh, she's half sisters with Hellstorm because they have the same mom, and her mom sleeps around a lot. Same dad. Oh, Satan! 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 Oh, okay. Boundaries. Come on, he does what he wants. I, it was a joke, see, because it was obvious. Yes. Because one of them is named Satan, uh, and the other <laughs> one is named Hellstorm. Anyway. Yes. And his subtitle is Son of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> so it's awesome. it, it's fun. Uh, I, I love reading, like, old-school monster yeah. Yeah. comics. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, do that. Support them. Yeah, for sure. Because it's a great store. So this is what I'm changing, guys. Okay. We saw two movies this week. We did? So I'm doing one movie now, and then we'll do the show, and then we'll do another movie at the end. Okay. Cool. So this week we went and saw Passengers. Okay. James, should people go see Passengers? So it's funny. I, you know, I was kind of down about this movie before seeing it, but I will actually say that I had a pretty good time with it. There's some really dumb stuff in here, um, some so like more than, than I would like. Uh, but especially the first two acts, I was pretty into. Um, and even though I was, yeah, anyway, number of reasons, but I enjoyed it. Um, and it's you know visually pretty cool a lot of the time. Um, so there's a lot of better stuff in theaters right now. But if you've seen everything else that we've talked about, uh, or maybe you're going to talk about it later, then sure, this is it is probably worth you know it, it could be a fun time at the movie. So uh, yes, yeah. Brad, should people see Passengers? I don't like this this format. It's weird. <laughs> um, and I totally sprung this on these guys. Yeah, I'm keeping it fresh. Um, yeah, I, uh, I actually was surprised that I did enjoy this. I like going in. I was like, oh, this will be something I'll just forget really quickly. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I I think it. The premise isn't as interesting as I'd hoped, but I think uh, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence, their performances are charming enough that makes it interesting. Um, but other than that, like, uh, I don't know what else to recommend about it. Like, that's worth... I, it, it's actually more of a good date movie. Like, really, the science and stuff behind, like, within it... Is, is terrible. Really just, uh, it's, it's visually interesting, but yeah, like... And there's parts with, like, we'll talk about later with, like, the pool and stuff. Like, there's actual good tension building in parts. Yes! Where I was actually, like, fearful of what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. You die, I die. I love that line. I hate that line. Yeah, you would. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, should people no, go see this movie? No, actually, I, I thought it was... I have actually the same opinion about it as James. I think the first two acts were brilliant. Yes. Um, oh, I'm so I excited would, to talk about it. <laughs> when we get to... There's a twist early on that we'll talk about. Sorry we spoil it for you. No, the, the trailer kind of spoils it for you. Kind of? Kind of. Not really. Um, so, but yeah, the first two acts were brilliant, and I was really invested in it. And then when I started... Uh, I mean, I still think it's actually a really good movie, but when I started not being as in love with it is when it came to the cliched twists that I didn't like, um, where they had to set up conflict. Yes. You know? You're talking about the third act twists. Third act yes. twists. Um, which is fine. But overall, I mean, I, visually I thought it was really great. Um, there's, I was actually telling him, I was like, man, I didn't want to see it in 3D, but actually kind of watch it. I'm like, it probably looks pretty sweet in 3D. Yeah. I bet it would, yeah. Um... But yeah, so yeah, I should definitely see it. Here's the trailer for Passengers. You die, I die. Hello. You asking me on a date? She didn't seem that impressed. Wow. You clean up pretty good yourself. You two look fine this evening. We're on a date. Very nice. Took you long enough to ask. So, 
Why did you give up your life on Earth? We boarded the Avalon with a destination. 120 years hibernation means we'll wake up in a new century on a new planet. But a year ago, everything changed. Do you know what's going on? Nobody else is awake. I think something went wrong with the hibernation pods. We woke up too soon. 90 years too soon. This can't be happening. We have to go back to sleep. We can't. gets the award for creeper of the year yeah but see i think that's a great twist because the way the trailer uh, so anyways and the trailers set it up these people wake up too early from hypersleep um but what they don't tell you is in the movie chris pratt is the only one who wakes up for the first year for the first year so he's trying to figure out a way to save him and then he stumbles across jennifer lawrence's character aurora and uh yeah right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um but you know and he's watching her interview why she's going to Homestead 2 this colony planet and uh, she's charming and funny and she's a writer don't forget her name's Aurora so that he can watch the Aurora Borealis in his room yeah I was leaning more towards Sleeping Beauty but (sighs) yeah it's all terrible it is um but especially because yeah. at that point the story is really good so anytime they do dumb shit like that I was like oh come on it is because I think it's a really interesting premise where you're all alone and your only friend is this bartender Who's Michael Sheen is great in <laughs> Michael this, Sheen's great uh, in this film and he's a robot and he has this thing where he's like you don't feel anything and yeah. he hits him and he's like you didn't feel that yeah. and it's great moments where he's trying to explain why he shouldn't do it but why he needs to do it why he needs somebody yeah and that ethical dilemma is really, really well handled. I mean, that first is. act is awesome. It's because you know he's not a bad guy. No, but I think um, I think it's handled well because I think anybody in that situation where you're all alone, yeah, and you haven't. I, I mean, it is creepy, but and he, but he, but he also tries for so long, right? Like they mm-hmm. they really go to great lengths to make it clear that he he goes for well over a year completely alone in space. Um, and does everything he can, and really tries to make the best of it, and then gets to this place where he's very depressed and drunk and, you know... Suicidal. Yeah, right. Oh, uh, we should... How are we going to handle spoilers here, considering that, like, some people may listen through 
I mean, we got to talk about it, so we'll just tell people like yeah. jump forward until we're not talking about spoilers anymore. Yeah. Okay. Um, and hopefully you'll be you'll be lucky. Um, yeah. And so then when he finally gets to the point where he's like, "No, you're gonna, I'm gonna do this." Honestly, you've suffered with him for so long that I just wanted the movie to move forward. I was like, "Look, I know Jennifer Lawrence is gonna wake up. Like, let's." Just go ahead and do it, and we'll deal with the consequences later, but which what, is great. What I like, too, is I kept on thinking that she'd wake up by accident. Oh, really? You know, because, you know, it would be, oh, he's going to do it, but he he can't do it. Oh. Then they take the cheesy movie way out where... Yeah, that would have sucked. She'd wake up on accident. <laughs> I love the dilemma of him living with that. Yeah. But it's also, he's creepy, but he also does... The characters are... There's great moments of the character... Where instead of forcing himself or her to like him, yeah, he just lets it build naturally. Yeah, and I think well, that except the fact that he did like a ton of research on her before she woke up, right? Well, yeah, but, but he, well, but the, it's research. It's not like we never have. I, I don't think that there's an instance where he does something because he's like, I know this about you, and I can use it to make you like me. Um, you know, it's it's really more that he already is is you know interested in her and thinks she's really fantastic, and so. Once she's awake, uh, honestly, he just wants her to be okay with it so that they can move on, you know? Which, that part's just fascinating. Ugh. Yeah, I, and I do like, um, like, their chemistry is really great. Like, they're really, obviously, yeah. because I think they're both great actors, but sometimes ha- putting them to great actors together, the chemistry's not there. But I think they both have this playfulness with who they are that comes across really well on screen, Um and uh, for the ladies out there, you see Chris Pratt's butt a couple times. Mm-hmm. You know, Ooh, if you're interested. You do. Um, when, he, when he gets drunk and decides to not wear pants for a month. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, and, you know, you knew she was going to find out eventually. Um, and she was going to find out from Winston, which is fine. And actually... Uh, see, that part... The part that, that, that felt like they were that, just kicking themselves into the third act as hard as That's what I mean. Could. That's the yeah. only part I didn't like. But I did like the look that uh, Jim gave Winston where he said, there's no secrets between us, right? Yes. And it, and it kind of like reset his thinking. Yeah, the reason... Said, oh, yeah, it's okay. I can tell her. The reason he does it is fine. It's really just like it feels so abrupt and obvious. And yeah. I'm like, oh, man. That's... like I would almost rather he have told her. Though the reaction... To, like The movie gets me back right away because the way she reacts to it, like the scene where she comes to him in the middle of the night mm-hmm. just fucking beats the shit out of him is so good like the movie you know uh uh redeems itself from a writing perspective yeah, very the, quickly and and the actor perspective because yes um, yeah. he understands why she's doing it and he doesn't do anything to stop her yeah even when she's about to like kill him yeah he's like just do it it's really good um, yeah because he also doesn't have anything to lose right yeah um yeah it's really cool man um, for me, it is, it is sort of the, the science of the movie that I have a problem with. So like in the, in the scene where they go to the observatory deck and they're like, Oh, we're going to slingshot around the sun. And then like they turn the thing on and the sun's right there. And I'm like, that's not uh, it was a works. star. Whatever. They're, you know, yeah, I think it's probably a little it was, amplified with a, yes. like a camera magnification. Sure. Sure. Bit. That's what we'll say. Yeah. Um, but like it was some of that stuff. And then the whole, honestly, the entire third act where they sort of decide like, Okay, we need some real conflict here, so we need, like, oh, well, there's a thing, and it broke a computer, and so things are... And it just, like, it moves so quickly, and there's way too many convenient things. Especially, they work so hard to make you feel like they're gonna kill Chris Pratt, that then every time that he doesn't die, I'm like, okay, this is stupid. Like, 
he why is he not on fire? Why is he not dead? No, shut up. It's not it's not made of vibranium, man. Like it's just a door off of a storage that. closet. Um it was just well, and it's that they didn't have to go that far, right? Like it's not that I have a problem with him living necessarily. I have a problem with them like trying to make him such a hero, you know, because the the ethical question is is interesting on its own. All they needed to do was continue to like continue to have them you know talk about that yeah. and maybe try to redeem him because you know maybe the thing to do is he ends up making a choice that gets him locked in a capsule on the other side of the ship for a month and she lives alone for a month and realizes like oh I understand why you did this now you know like those are the ways that I think they could have made that third act more interesting rather yeah. than be like oh like this computer's broken and and it's so much just like mumbo jumboy jargony stuff um, and it moves so quickly that you're like, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, they set it up. They keep on showing those things of systems failing in the ship. Yeah, which and is that's fine. Because uh, there has to be a reason he woke up, too. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, that, that, yeah, that's my problem with third act is, it's just, oh, we need to fix this really fast. Yeah. And we have to do it. we got to get these credits going, so. Because the, the rest of this movie is pretty cool and pretty yeah. smart up to that point. I would agree. Um, but I still think it is... It's, Better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and I had more. Uh, I had fun watching it. So yeah, I think it's definitely worth worth checking out. Yeah, you know? I agree. Um, yeah, Anyone surprising. No, covered it. Cool. We also talk about movie news. This is so in weird. This segment <laughs> that I call real news. It's real news. See, I'm changing it up. You guys, I gotta keep your minds going. We got some badass trailers this week, man. We did. Um, we got the Blade Runner trailer. Hey, I think we should play it right now. Okay, why not? Replicants are like any other machine. They're either a benefit or a hazard. If they're a benefit, it's not my problem. It's mostly music. Yeah, it is. It's, but I don't but, care. But the music's great, and what's cool is it has uh, 
the French dude from who made the prisoners like visuals yeah. in it big time. The, it just looks so cool. Like the reds with the blacks in the front yeah. that he did in Sicario, and it looks awesome. It looks like they might go to Mars at some point. That would be neat. This is how stoked I am for the movie. I even think they reveal what day it's coming out is awesome. Oh, you mean, like you mean two the, days after my birthday? What? Where it's like on the back of Ryan Gosling's jacket, it's like 10, 7, 17, or 9, or whatever it is. Well, because that shot on the back of his of, of his uh, head is so iconically yeah. Blade Runner. Um, oh, it's so cool. Okay. Like, uh, a Blade Runner sequel produced by Ridley Scott and directed by the guy who made Arrival and The Prisoners? Like, holy shit. This is everything I want. Oh, and it comes out on the weekend of my birthday. Like, how does this get any better? No, only Matthew McConaughey could be in it, so... What? If only Matthew McConaughey can make an appearance, then... Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I think he uh, plays a robot. He plays a small, adorable robot. Oh, okay. Uh, who's wacky, wacky yeah. and, and great. I hope that's not in the movie. No Vangelis on the soundtrack, though. So. No? Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it looks great. I mean, obviously it's just visual right now. Yeah. Well, you get that but, little bit of dialogue from Harrison Ford that's cool. Yeah. The voiceover? Yeah. Uh, well, and then it's also, it's clearly, it's clearly not Ryan Gosling talking when he's like, things are different now. Well, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. it's him talking, but it's, it's not the dialogue from that scene. Um, but yeah, man, it's pretty, uh, and he's got the gun. It means they went and remade that gun again. Even no, though I saw like, the trailer before my movie today. It's weird. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't expect to see that. So when I went and saw Passengers, it played in front of Passengers. I was like, holy sh! Oh. I know. I saw cool. I saw Logan, Spider-Man, that one. Yeah. Ghost in the Shell. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh, good. Really, yeah. Like cool trailers before my movie. Yeah. Well, this week we also speaking of Ridley Scott, we also got a trailer for Alien Covenant. Yeah. Uh, the the sort of Prometheus sequel because it's got uh, Michael Fassbender in it. Um, New York. Where Pace is in it too, but uh, she must she, only be in it like as she must die. Yeah, she must only be in it as like, like a hologram, a or she's yeah. a bridge to carry him to the next point. Yeah. Well, or like she probably or, goes out Newt style. Well, or or like we end <laughs> up finding in the first five minutes, <laughs> <laughs> we end up finding out that like David, if it is the same David, David is like bringing this ship to wherever they crashed their ship. You know, because that because it is it's weird to me that there is a ship in the movie. Um, that's bizarre. Because I'm like, man, how many times are we going to go back to these same alien ships? So what would be cool is if they're actually going to the ship that David and Numi Rapace what? were on, uh, but it's crashed the story that else. they found, like, a paradise planet? Right. And then, like, the aliens are there? I, I think so. But my point is, the story of this movie would be that mm. that robot is taking them either to oh, go okay. find... Yeah, yeah. Either to go find his counterpart in the original David and New- and and uh, uh, Sparrow, mm-hmm. um, or that this is the original David only with a body again, and he's taking this these people to find that ship that he was on with Numira Pace's character. Yeah. Um, that would be really cool to me. It it did make me. I didn't have time this week, but I'm going to watch Prometheus very soon because. That's so good. Watching that trailer, I'm like, I need to see this. Yeah, it's really good. I will say, I watched this movie and I'm like, oh yeah, this is just a horror movie. Like, oh, yeah. that to me, as amazing as it looks, it looks so good. There's also a part of me that's like, oh man, but Prometheus was so much smarter than just a horror movie. So my hope is that there is something really, oh, really sure good here. Um, yeah, there, you know. Um, so, anyway, uh, it looks really cool. It looks really cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. When, when that dude's like, spine is busting out and like yeah. peeling apart yeah. well what's crazy is that they show you so much in the trailer that 
I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're hiding a lot. Oh, yeah. So, well, whatever... hiding the story. Whatever happens right after his spine pops open is probably pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's to the point, too, with Alien, you can't top the original chestburster scene. No. So it's kind of... Well, yeah, because, like, you already... In your head, you already have the idea that something's going to break out of a person. Mm-hmm. The, what was amazing the first time you saw Alien was you didn't know something was going to pop out of a person. Um, until that scene happened. And you're never going to... It's lightning in a bottle. You're never yeah. going to get that one again. Um, but much like with The Thing or something like that, you can do something that is disturbing in new and fresh ways. Mm-hmm. Like you could have a person use a med pod to carve the thing out of their their body. That would be pretty fucked up. <laughs> that means uh, it's good. So uh, just to carry this on, do you read the... <laughs> I read an article on Slash Film today about the actor who's died the most in film. And yes. surprisingly, it's not Sean Bean. No, it's John Hurt. It's John Hurt. Really? Yeah. yeah. Followed huh. by, like, uh, Vincent Price and Bella Lugosi. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, Bella Lugosi, then, or, yeah, yeah, those two. And then Sean Bean is in fourth place. Yeah. Though Sean Bean is at uh, 0.32 deaths per movie, where John, John, Hurt, John Hurt is only 0.31 deaths per movie. So uh, Sean Bean does die more often per films, but <laughs> well, only anyway, slightly. Sean Bean hits possible. his 50th year in acting. <laughs> yeah. It means he, I mean, they all... In, he in, died three times a film on no, 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 point three two. So he dies once oh, every okay. three films. <laughs> okay, that makes more yeah. sense. Yeah, no, no. Uh, well, he dies twice in uh, GoldenEye. Yeah, I thought... Like, like, he does uh, die twice in GoldenEye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, no, he dies once every three, mil- okay. three films. Okay, that makes more sense. Six. Yeah. No. But it is true. I, I have a hard time thinking of a movie he doesn't die in. Yep. National Treasure. Yeah. He doesn't die in National Treasure. Okay. Jupiter Ascending. Oh, good job. Are you sure? Yeah, he doesn't, I remember that was like the big deal when it happened. Like, of all people that die in this film, Sean Bean's not one of them. He doesn't, he doesn't just like burst into bees or something like that? that maybe, but that's not a death. That's okay. a power. So. <laughs> that's a power of the Marvel character Swarm. Really? Yeah, he's a Nazi scientist and experiments <laughs> on bees and they turn into a bunch of bees. I that's hope awesome. he's the main antagonist of Captain America 4. I really hope <laughs> so. <laughs> If, this is when we find out that Steve's only weakness is he's always Steve bees. Rogers comes up to him and he's like, "Where's a tesseract?" And he's like, "It's none of your beesness." <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, well, see, I want those level of puns when I see the shocker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'll shake you to your core. Something like that. <gasps> oh, do you uh, look at the cast list on IMDb? I haven't looked at it now. Oh, uh, yeah, it tells you all who's who. Oh, Does really? It? Yeah. Oh. I didn't think they would. Does it tell you who the shocker is? Uh, it's well, his, guy. he's the only actor on the list who like doesn't have a name put to him, so oh, okay. he's probably the shocker. Well, well is it is it Herman Schultz because that's the shocker? I don't remember the guy's well, name. He was like a three yeah. name person. Oh, nice. I, uh, I yeah, I don't want to look at it. Like, I kind of just want to see like who pops up. Like, yeah, but the the girl, to- Topher Grace, Topher Grace is going to play the like shocker. Stacey or uh, Mary Jane, just some, I think Michelle. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah. I would love that. If Topher Grace showed up to play the Shocker, I would, I, that, would be, I would, that would be so good. If Topher Grace showed up to play Mary Jane, I, I would love it anymore. Again. Oh, uh, someone's playing Flash Thompson. Who was it? It's the uh, oh, kid it's the from, kid. Yeah. Uh, Grandpa was Hotel. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zero. That's right. Yeah. No, Zero's from Holes. That's a different movie. No. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, Carrie Fisher is in, in the hospital, but she's stable now. So hopefully, hopefully everything will will turn out okay there. And uh, the world was... lost another artist. We lost George Michael. Yeah. My friend on Facebook, Bobby, put a picture of Michael Sarah's character from Arrested Development <laughs> and said, Gone too soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. 
that's great. Did you great. see that Sarah Michelle Gellar post on Twitter like, rest in peace, boy George? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Buffy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't think of anything else. Unless you guys can. Cool. Yep. Right on six. These are the Blu-rays that are coming out to purchase on December 27th. DVD releases the Blu-rays. You can get yourself a 4K version of Underworld. Um, nice. As well so as everything else. This is how much of a glutton for punishment I am and how much sometimes I like crappy movies. So I have... Uh, like, excuse me, Underworld is cool. I have the original uh, Resident Evil trilogy like box set. Yeah. That came out on Blu-rays. I think it's like one of the first Blu-rays that came yeah, out. It was, but yeah. But Best Buy has these new limited edition steelbooks coming out that are pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I should get those steelbooks. I think I have Afterlife in a steelbook. I have Afterlife in a steelbook. Yeah. That movie's terrible. Eh, I think it's terrible. Ter- <laughs> the, the Afterlife steelbook is like one of the infected crow on top of a skull. I'm like, oh, you. It's like the Expendables. You remember, like, we saw that movie together and it yeah. was in 3D and it was one of the, it, you know, it is the worst 3D experience I've ever had. Because you've got that oh, no. sequence yeah, in the, in the muddy. Yeah, Extinction. Yeah, no, no. Extinction is the one in the desert. That one's cool. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. The Afterlife Afterlife is, like, is the, the one with, that's awful. Yeah. Oh. It's the dude with the big axe is the steel book. Yeah, it's, it's the one where they, they land the plane on top of the buildings and then they're trapped on a roof for a while. Yeah. yeah. And, now all the Resident Evils after Extinction are just like trapped in a yeah. set piece to set piece with yeah. no coherent plot. Right. And I mean, I'm really excited for the new one because they're going back to the hive. And I, I can't remember the last time Paul W. Sanderson made a movie where they're underground going from room to room. <laughs> Did the last one end at the White House? Yep. No, the last one ended in the snow when she kills Michelle Rodriguez. No, it ends at the White House though with Wesker, remember? Yeah. Oh, that's right. You're right. I'm sorry. Crappy CGI monsters. I don't think I've seen it so since. Pick it up somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah, mm. I'm gonna watch them all and see if I can follow like a cohesive plot. Are you concerned yeah. about the con- continuity of these films? A little bit. <laughs> yeah, I am. It's the only thing I can latch on to. Doesn't Pyramid Head show up in like three different places? Like uh, that's Silent Hill. Well, not Pyramid Head. Uh, the guy. No, but the, the guy with the big. Yeah, whatever he is. I don't know. They all look the same. Um, they, they would really throw continuity out the window if Pyramid Head showed up in the. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think Pyramid Head's a great character. Freddy pops in. And yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, Snowden is out this week. Um, so. Let me know when Oliver Stone doesn't make a movie about him. Fuck you, Oliver Stone. Uh, a Man Called Ove. Ove? Yeah, Ove. Ove. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I know it's like one of the films that they are pretty sure is me not your best foreign film. Yeah, I keep hearing things about it. And uh, anyway, uh, American Honey, which is, at, at least for a period of time, was one of your favorite movies of the year, man. Yeah, it's uh, really, I really like it. You'll None of you will, but I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Brad's pretentious too. Let Brad watch <laughs> it. Well, I did like. I think I said in my review, I did it in, in our house last one. I think I did say Brad would probably like this the most out of the three yep, of you. I, James uh, would give it a chance, but probably wouldn't like it. And then you would completely hate it. I so think it was garbage. Does Shia LaBeouf have an accent? No. Okay, I might be in. It's actually the best performance Shia LaBeouf has done. So I will say that. Uh, did you see Holes? Holes? Uh, I did see Holes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Holes is really good. In a Valley of Violence. Saw that. That was good. Uh, which, yeah. yeah. So I did want to see because I heard it's like a gory like B-movie western. Yeah, it's very like uh, exploitation kind of 70s style uh, western. So. Oh, very cool. Man. Like boring cover art though. Pretty fun too. Oh yeah, yeah no, the, the, the cover art is terrible. Bullshit, so. yeah. <laughs> one guy's in blackness and the other guy's in the light. Guess which yeah. one's good. I did get a Best Buy gift certificate for Christmas. Maybe that's a mm. thing I'll get. We're checking out, so. The Dressmaker is coming out on Blu-ray this Revenge week. Revenge is back in fashion. What a great tagline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Revenge is back in fashion. 
Uh, Kate Winslet has us in her palm from the moment she steps into frame. It's just Kate Winslet in like a fancy hat standing it in a won field. Best picture for Australian film critics. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh man, does she kill somebody? Uh, I can't. I think it's like a World War II film, if I remember correctly. I mean, I never saw. It. I just remember seeing the trailers. Okay. Um, wow, this looks terrible. When the bow breaks, temptation has consequences. Uh, this is. Yeah. This that is, was my uh, yeah, golden like, ticket in. The fantasy movie league, and it totally underperformed. Really? That was the only context I knew of that film was yeah. <laughs> like, should I put this in my lineup? Like, I did. I was like, I'm going to outsmart all these people. I I don't. I've never heard of this film before. Anyway, uh, that's some kind of movie. You might check that out if you want to. The house that screamed. That's a cool title. Mm-hmm. Scream um, is it Scream Factory? I was just going to ask because I can't tell from here. Uh, one by one, they will die. Is he ah! holding a? Broken piece of mirror. Yeah, he's he's holding a broken piece of mirror and he's bleeding all over the the thing, but it's also got blood on it because there's clearly a woman screaming. And in the background, there's a cave or something. What the hell is that? Oh, that's the house. the house. Oh, okay. It's just not very well done. It's so it's like a snow. it's like a tree limb. Yeah. Um, so it's the house, and I I bet the house doesn't actually scream. Spoilers. I bet there's a woman inside who's screaming because she's being murdered. Is that like a clown face in the mirror? Where's no, that? it's a woman. It's a woman on her side. No, see, there's her mouth open, screaming, and there's her oh, eyes and her okay. nostrils. Yeah, and she's that. like, ah! Turn psycho sideways, and that's what you're looking at. Uh, yeah, the house has screamed. Check that out. Or, or not, I don't know. Uh, did you order it, Ryan? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, close to the enemy. Uh, this, 40 bucks? This is, this is some straight-to-DVD acorn thing. Oh, it's three discs. It's like a, it's like oh, a miniseries okay. uh, with Alfred Molina in it. That's set during World War II or something. Uh, Nicholas Cage and Willem Dafoe in Dog Eat Dog. That's all you need to say. And the season four of Ray Donovan is out this week, um, which I can't believe that show has been around for four seasons. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna eat this dog. <laughs> Does he eat a dog in that show? I don't know. I'd watch the movie if he did. It's a show. Mm. Maybe every week uh, he eats a dog. About the Nicholas Cage. Yeah, one? the Nicholas yeah. Cage one. Oh no 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 Ray Donovan the the Lee Schreiber uh, yeah, show. I that show. Yeah, I, I, he does great voiceover for the History Channel. Ray Don or not Ray Donovan Lee Schreiber. Yep. Oh cool, interesting. But yeah, that's uh, that's everything this week. Every once in a while on Real Nerds we get fan mail. This do we is fan mail. I'm so surprised, James. Man. <laughs> our, uh, our correspondent sent us an email. Hey, real nerds! Hi, Cora. I've been listening in every week. Thank you. I'm so excited to hear how y'all wrap up this year in movies. Poorly. It's been hit or miss <laughs> for me. We've gone and seen most of the fall and winter favorites. We're headed to Rogue One in about an hour. Sweet. But that one stuck with me. Wait. We're headed to Rogue One in an hour, but that one that stuck with me, Moonlight. If you haven't seen it, try it. I agree. Moana was great. It was a great add to the Disney family. Hashtag Lin-Manuel is the man. And I'm super excited to see how Doctor Strange plays into the other Marvel movies. Arrival yeah. makes me less worried about Blade Runner 2049. Hell yeah. Otherwise, TV shows have ruled my free time. Good Girls Revolt, Westworld, and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend have been highlights for sure. Crazy oh. Ex-Girlfriend's pretty good. Yeah, Westworld West, West, West was really good. I'm glad have a great there. show and a perfect holiday weekend. Aw. Cora. Thanks, Cora. Yeah. Good hearing from yeah. you. That's Moon, cool. Moonlight's an incredible film. I'm glad you liked it. So. Uh, 
Oh, you're not going to see it. Oh, did you see it? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, I thought you, I thought you were going to be like, I saw it, I hated it. So. No, I, yeah, I'm just afraid that like some I'm I'm going to get like a weird hair and actually force myself to go see it and then be sad. It's not that sad of a film. It's a very emotional, heavy film, but it's, it doesn't end like, oh my god, life's horrible. Why so. are you doing this to me? Well, you better hurry. There's two showings in Colorado left. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, That's cool. Ben sent us one, too. Oh, dope. Hang on. <gasps> it's really long. Um, <laughs> on the future of Star Wars and some other stuff. Granny nerds, I wanted to rant slightly about the future of Star Wars. I really enjoyed going to see Rogue One with James, Zack, and company at the Alamo Draft House. Yeah, it was cool. It was a very beautiful movie in every sense of the word. It gave me the longest day vibes. In that, it was stories of ordinary people claiming small victories in the midst of a battle that built upon each other and ultimately led to turning the tide in a very long civil war. Mm. Nicely said. However, with all these new spinoff movies coming, it makes me wary of future Star Wars. I love that we have spinoff material in television, comic books, video games, and so forth. And now having seen Rogue One, as as masterful as it may be, I think it should have been an arc on a Rebels TV show or something. Mm. Of the three, though, I was most interested to watch Rogue One. In that it dealt mostly with new characters. I have little or no interest in seeing a Boba Fett or Han Solo origin story movie. I think the appeal of those characters was that they were had an air of mystery and intrigue to them. What made them turn to bounty hunter and smuggling, respectively, in the first place? Who knows? Maybe it's something that's better left to the imagination. We got the origin story with arguably the most iconic Star Wars character, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, and look how that went. Great. That first <laughs> one, man. Pretty good. Yeah. Remember when Jar Jar gets his tongue stuck in the fucking thing? Remember the pod race? Man, what a, what a great the origin. The pod race is of... badass. You can't, if anybody denies the pod race not being badass, they're full of shit. And the Darth Maul fight. Like, I was watching yeah. a lightsaber battle today. No. I was like, despite everyone's gripes with episode one, like, a dual-sided lightsaber, yeah. um, and then taking, like, a two-on-one fight, like, that's pretty badass. I agree with you, Brad. Episode one is the best of the prequels. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not saying these movies can't be good, but should we, as nerds, as filmgoers, as fans, go and see them? Should we support these arguably needless extension, expansions of the Star Wars cinematic, not TV complex, etc., universe? I think we do. Oh, sorry, that was the end? No, I'm just... Oh, okay. She asked a question and nobody answered it, so I just answered it. Oh, no, I'm waiting for her to be done before I answer. I figure out what was the no, I, I'm, I'm really excited to answer the question and talk about her, her thing. Should we support these arguably needless expansions into the Star Wars cinematic universe? Well, we don't have a choice. We have to go see the movies anyway. Uh, um, if the trailer looks good, I'll see it. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day. So. I, I mean, I am. I would agree with her that, like, yeah, I, I don't need a Han Solo backstory. If they have a really cool story to tell, then oh, yeah. great. I'll That's be there. your boy in it from Hail Caesar. I know. He's really good. He's really good in Hail Caesar. Um, and... You know, it's what I was saying before Rogue One as well, that the truth is I'm most excited for them to tell new stories in the universe, uh, especially stuff that has nothing to do with our original canon. Uh, my hope is that when we look back at 7, 8, and 9, that while they do have Han Solo and Luke Skywalker in them, that they are more about Rey and Kylo Ren and their arcs through the story than they are about their relationship to the original story. Wow, James, it's like you're carrying on her thought. Also, now that I've met Rey, Kylo oh. Ren, Finn, and Poe, I'm very excited to see where the trilogy leads them in Episodes 8 and 9. But I'm worried that these spin-off films are going to water down the quality of already existing Star Wars episodic movies. That's fair. If we have a Star Wars movie every year, aren't we going to get tired of it eventually? No, it's Star Wars. <laughs> Maybe not us diehard fans, but the next generation. Are they really going to understand why their parents or older siblings freak out over new Star Wars movies every year? 
No, they won't. But also, new generations don't know the difference. Like, they don't know what clockwise and counterclockwise means. So, like, trying to control the way that newer generations, like, see the world is impossible. So, better to just have some fun movies made. Um, and as far as the people getting tired, people keep saying that people are going to get tired of, of, like, comic book movies, too. And yet, every Marvel movie does better than the last one. Um, if you because, tell a story that people like, people yeah. will watch it. Well, and they keep telling stuff that's different, which is what Star Wars is trying to do, right? They're, they are trying to replicate that same thing of saying, yeah, every year you're gonna, every other year you're gonna get a main storyline Star Wars movie, and then in in between those, we're gonna give you something that's different. And my hope would be that after they do, you know, let's say they they do the Boba Fett story and it's kind of a one off and it's good, but they don't make a sequel to it. Maybe they make the Han Solo movie and it's really great and fun, and so they make a couple more of those. You know, but other than that, maybe they go explore and find some of these characters, and maybe Finn gets a spinoff, or maybe you know some other character that shows up in the new series gets a spinoff. Um, that's what I would hope for them to do: is to make the universe richer over time, rather than just dig deeper into the same things we've already seen. Um, and I think that that's what they're showing their their intention is, mm-hmm. uh, especially when the second film that they made was Rogue One. Yeah, I think, too, the reason they chose stories that we're familiar with is so people are accepting of the spin-off yes. stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the Boba Fett one actually isn't for sure anymore now. Yeah. Because they don't know what the third one's going to be. Well, because that was also the Josh Trank one, wasn't yep. it? Yeah. And he's a... Yeah, they're not going to hire him anytime soon. Yeah, so. he ruined his chance, unfortunately. Yeah. Keep, um, keep your mouth shut, man. Yeah. I feel like in most cases they're going to have less tolerance for it than we are. And the older generation, the one that saw Star Wars in theaters in 1977... Is going to pass away relatively soon. People like George Lucas, John Williams, Lawrence Kasdan. No. I can't even fucking read. No, Lawrence Kasdan, but don't say that. Why is she saying these things? And then those who hands will the universe be left in. Um, Well, I mean, you already have Kathleen Kennedy who kind of spearheads it, so I think they'll be all right. She's a smart lady, and I think she cares more about the franchise than George Lucas does. Other than Lawrence Kasdan, none of those people have actual, like, input on on the franchise. Now, John Williams has input on the music of the franchise, but as far as story is concerned, he has no impact on the franchise. It's also he's not doing it. Like, just like, wasn't like, yeah, the next one is probably his, his last, last one. one yeah. uh, I mean, if he's... If he's alive in three years, or two mm-hmm. years, or three years, yeah, yeah. maybe he'll do the, the next one too. Did he say but, he, was, he wasn't interested in doing them anymore? Yeah, yeah, but, you know... They they also had to sort of convince him to do to do yeah, seven right. and once right. he, once he did Force Awakens he was like oh yeah that's right I'd love this okay, cool. um, he's pretty much retired he only po- comes up for things that he really cares for right yeah um, so and, you know he's he's a guy who will probably do it literally until he dies yeah um, and that's that's the only caveat is like yeah. yeah if he's not around in three years because he's really old yeah um, but really amazing and it is funny because I I said it when we reviewed Rogue One like. The movie doesn't sound the same unless you really have mm-hmm. that big, powerful John Williams type yeah. score. Yeah. Um, you know, now it's also not Michael Giacchino's fault that he only had four weeks to do it. Yeah. Um, so theoretically, if you got somebody like him who's really talented to do the next mm-hmm. Star Wars movie, it could be a big, it, like, it could sound John Williams esque and have that powerful yeah. orchestra to it, and not be him. But still. Yeah. In other news this week, John Williams has never even watched. Movie, which is weird that was to say because blown out of proportion. you have to watch it to score it. So yeah. Like, what he no. meant was he probably just never watched the yeah. final product. Yeah. What, yeah, what he means is after the movie comes out, like, he doesn't go to the premiere and go watch the movies. Yeah. Once it's come out, he's done. Like, his work is done. He watches it who knows how many times while he's scoring it. Yeah. You know? 
Um, it's almost like if you if we found out that Steven Spielberg doesn't sit around and watch his own movies, which is fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, he when you're directing it, you see it more times than the composer yeah. composer does, but I think it's comparable. So, anyway. Again, sorry for the long rant. I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on the issues. Whether the movies are necessary, will this flooding of the market of Star Wars neg- thing negatively affect the culture of Star Wars, etc.? I don't think so. I think it just gives us more of what people like. Yeah, I mean, it. the hope is that it will make... St- Here, actually, I will look at it this way. Th- and Zach said this after, after we saw Rogue One. Three years ago, Star Wars wasn't fun to talk about. Like, we would sit here on the show and we would argue about which prequel is the worst, and that's what that was the depth of our conversations about Star Wars. The wonderful thing that, that Force Awakens did and that, you know, still feels true today is that I have a lot of fun talking about and thinking about Star Wars in a way that I spent 10 years or longer, 15 years, not being able to. Yeah. Um, so at the very least, I have that. Now I have, <clears throat> I have a new hope for... The way that Go Star Wars... Cut his mic off. Yeah, anyway. I also think it's very early to like start talking about Star Wars fatigue. Yeah. We're two films in. Yeah. It'd be like if we watched Incredible Hulk in theaters and be like, oh, I'm getting kind of sick of these Marvel movies. Yeah, but so. the difference is that like when Incredible Hulk came out, you didn't see stuff branded Marvel literally everywhere you went. That's true. Yeah. You know, Star Wars is Star Wars. Yeah. And the money is all in the merchandise. Um, and so literally, like, half of the things that my niece got for Christmas today were Star Wars themed. In one, either it was the Legos or the lightsabers or the, the toys or yeah. whatever. Um, because that's what's really popular right I will now. say it was this year was much better than last year with Force Awakens in terms oh, of yeah. marketing. So. Yeah, but everybody was so excited last that's, year, Yeah, right? like, I'm just saying. So. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit that there are many stories outside of the Skywalker family and Jedi-Sith conflict that could and should be told. But do they need to be told on film? Would a TV show or video game suit them better? Possibly. I, I absolutely want TV shows and yeah. video games. Amy Hennig is working on a is working on a video game that hopefully will be really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm a big proponent for them making a TV show, uh, provided that they have the budget to do it, which probably means that AMC or... or AMC is not a Disney machine... Um, it, it means that either ABC so that or be freeform. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Oh, um, yeah. One of those channels that has some money should go make a badass TV show. Um, and then her last question is: As much as I loved Rogue One, it makes me wonder of the future of Star Wars going forward. The question is: Will when will it end, and should it? Um, I don't think it's going to, as long as they keep yeah. on making money, or as long as the product's good and well received. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they might take a break. I mean, they got to kind of figure out what they're going to do after this initial wave of movies. Yeah. Um, but I'm not surprised they have this many coming out because they spent four billion dollars on the franchise. Yeah. So. Right. They got to go make that back up. So. Yeah. yeah looks like they're going to do it in two movies. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> good investment. Yeah. Husband. yeah. Uh, but that's yeah. It's it's very. Uh, it's very interesting. She brings up, I mean, some points that are they told better in different forms. Maybe. Uh, I think that's what's great about Star Wars, though, is there's so many forms where the stories have been told yeah. that the movies just add to the yeah. overall universe. I, I think that that stuff will come. You will get a Star Wars TV show in the next five years. Yeah. Like, that's gonna happen. Yeah. I think we'll um, be, like, there'll be more talk about this, like, when we're close to, like, episode nine. Yeah. Like, when, like, oh, yeah. this trilogy is going to end. Hope, mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll, then we, there'll be a lot more talk about what is next for the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. So. Absolutely. 
Right now, I'm just going to I'm going to ride the fun wave. So mm-hmm. nice. agreed. We also watch movies throughout the week in a segment I like to call "What We've Been Watching." So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Go with Brad. Brad, what did you watch oh, this no. week? <laughs> Uh well I saw La La Land. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was I did see I did see that, but we'll talk about it later, I guess. We will. Or in the middle of while we're doing. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um no I saw uh, Assassin's Creed. What did uh, you find your creed? What what is, what is that movie like? I is did it not good? Find my creed. Uh you know it's not as horrible as I expected it to be. Okay. Um. I went with a fan of the games. Okay. I've never played the games, so I don't know what was going on. So <laughs> I was kind of waiting for his reaction. You, you didn't know. know what was going on in the beginning, or you didn't know what was going on through the whole movie? All I know from Assassin's Creed is what I've seen from commercials, and that's just people doing parkour in ancient times. <laughs> but you mean going in? In Europe, ancient Europe, huh? Okay. Going in? Yeah. Going into the movie, yeah. So I expected like a lot of jumps off of roofs onto things. Sure. And, um, uh, yeah, my friend wasn't... Yeah, he didn't. It, he said it wasn't the games. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the movie is just explaining the premise. So, oh no! And then the ending is so like tacked on. Does it set uh, up like a franchise? Okay, I, I guess you could yeah. actually. You know, it, it's it sets up a sequel at least. Okay, uh, in the most uh, like easiest way. Yeah. Brad, I have to ask you a really spoilery question. Uh-huh. And so anybody who really gives a damn should jump forward about 30 seconds. At the end of this movie, do crazy super aliens from the past show up? No, but they they talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Actually, it's not even part of the end. Oh. Really, um, this movie is really Scientology. Or do they talk about it? Because I know mm-hmm. my friend was explaining. Yes. There's a, okay, so the whole movie is about... Um, Michael Fassbender's character, Cal something. Wait, he's not playing Desmond? No, he's not. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. So, the movie starts off with this flashback to... his. in the shadows. He's this... <laughs> as a kid, uh, uh, he's in some, like, uh, like, ghetto town, and then uh, he goes home, and his mother's been murdered by her dad, who is one of the assassins, right? Okay. Uh, and that's the last image he sees is, like, his dad in the cloak, and then he takes off, and the police show up, and... Um, and then he, his troubled childhood leads him on a, like a path of crime, and so we pick him up on death row, and they, they. Uh, so he's hardcore bad. I. They never really say what his. Well, because crimes that, were that would make him a really tough protagonist to root for. Yeah, he's like yeah, yeah. He's raped and killed women for the last thirty years. Um, it, was, it was enough to give him death, death row. So, right. Yeah, um, that's pretty um, hardcore. He's a bad <laughs> dude somehow. Uh, then he wakes up, he's in this facility, and Marion Cochillard is the scientist who's created this machine called the, I forget what it's, it starts with an A. The Animus. arm that takes people Animus. to the past. Yeah. The Animus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, the it's, arm it's, that takes them to the past. Go to fingertip of Zeus. <laughs> so, I guess in the games, it's like they get like a, a, an injection. It's the Matrix. Yeah. In the games, it's just the Matrix. But it's like a fluid injection. But in this, it's an actual, like, robotic arm that, like, you have to sync to, which sounds familiar to some other movie where, like, you have to get, like, like 90% synchronization. What's that other movie that does that? I mean, it's in the game, too. Synchronization's in the game. Because they use synchronization as an excuse. If you you walk outside of, like, the city that you're limited to, or if you kill someone you're not supposed to, they'll be like, you've desynchronized, and then they'll jump you back so you never never die. They explain, like, you have to reenact the past like perfectly right 
Yeah, which um, makes him, I would imagine, not a very interesting character if his job is to do what he's told. Yeah, well, he doesn't want to do it, so they're forcing him to do it. <laughs> and then Jimmy Irons, like, eventually comes along to explain, like, you know, we have to we have to make him want to get in the Animus. And, like, you can only succeed in the Animus if, you're, like, if you want to actually perform the mission. Um, so uh, they do a bunch of things. They've tried about a bunch of other people, uh, like other criminals, so... Michael Fassbender's walking around this facility with a bunch of other people who are like... <laughs> they, haven't, they, haven't, they haven't tried, like, responsible citizens yet. Just criminals. Just criminals, yeah. Okay, great. Uh, or just people with, like... You know, people past... that typically follow rules. Yeah. Well, they're uh, people with past connected to, like, what they're trying to do. And they're oh, trying okay. to find this... Uh, it's called the Apple, and it's, you know... Yes. Um, this alien space orb that is supposed to be able to um, take away free will. Yeah. Um, this, this part all makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and that's... Uh, uh, the whole goal, and there's like this shadow organization, uh, or the Templars. Uh huh. Um, Is it the Shadows of the Templar? No, no, it's just called the Templars. The Templars, yeah. I, I've played three of the games. Oh, cool. Yeah. But Mary Cotillard is on board because she wants to, like, get her machine to work, and it's all about the science, and she wants to. She's on board, or, and Jeremy Adams is her dad, but she's on board because she wants to use the technology to eliminate. Um, uh, evil in the world, like, just to get rid of corruption yeah. and uh, bad, uh, murderous impulses. Yeah. Like, that's her goal, but Jeremy Irons is part of the organization, and uh, they just wanted to control the world, like a typical... At, at, some point does, at some point, does Jeremy Irons come come along and tell him, like, hey, we think Marion Cotillard might actually be an assassin, so we, we need you to find out and then kill her? No. Oh. Does, he, does he come up to Michael Fassbender, and he says, hey, you need to be prepared. No. Does 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 he ever come up I to Michael Fassbender? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's a deep cut. Yeah. Does Marion Cotillard ever have sex with him in a car in the middle of a sandstorm? No. Does Michael Fassbender ever take his pants off? <laughs> oh, I mean, that joke's a real shame. Not on screen, but I imagine between oh. scenes, because <laughs> it takes over certain days. Yeah. So I'm sure it happened somewhere. Okay, cool. We just never saw it. Good, good. I heard it's a like, big passion project for him. Like Michael Fassbender really wanted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's odd in it. Like this, <laughs> like they're forcing him into the animus. He starts like singing this song. Um, oh, did, 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 so like, this happens this film into a musical? Because I would what? love it if this became a musical halfway through. Like, <laughs> yeah. so, no, it's not. Of it's stars. Just, yeah, he's he's just like scream, like screaming this. I, I think it's like a Patsy Cline song. Okay. <laughs> As they're forcing him the like, yeah, it's it's a weird like. Oh. I, I saw Frank. He he's a decent like singer. Yeah. Uh, but not in this take. Um, it's like really, like he it really reached for. Yeah. Uh, the brass ring on like. Well, it's weird because like everyone sure. involved in this sure. like, really are, are really talented. Yeah, like not just the actors, like the they directors, made, all in the cinematographer are both really fun. Yeah, they made that Macbeth yeah. last year. Yeah, that's um, why I was primarily on board for this film. Like, but in between that, so he goes in the Amazon, and there's just like long extended, like it feels like ten minute takes of just him and the other assassins jumping from rooftop to rooftop trying to recreate um, where, like where this apple went to. Mm-hmm. All um, I can ever think about when I see that stuff is the office. Yeah, parkour, parkour. <laughs> um, so there's two sequences of that. And then towards the end, uh, Fassbender finally syncs up. And then, like, what really just kind of, like, it was okay at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was on board. It is accepting it's just this, you know, 60-minute explanation of yeah. the animus and how it even works. Yeah. And then the last 10, 15 minutes is just 
the actual plot of okay. getting the apple, and they obtain it, and Jeremy Irons gets a hold of it uh, because it was just it was a shitty, it was a sitting on a in a box on a shelf in some oh. cathedral apparently. Good. Um, yeah, like Michael Fassbender finds it, and it's like, um, yeah, his ancestor gave it to Christopher Columbus. Mm-hmm. Cool. Of all the people, okay, yeah. not another assassin because they can't be trusted to, amongst themselves to have it. Yeah. So he gives it to Christopher Columbus, someone who would not be influenced <laughs> by the ability to take away free will at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, hey guys, I, I brought you these uh, smallpox blankets and this crazy apple that controls free will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most trustworthy person. Yeah. So. So they jump ahead and they like uh, Marion Cotillard's like he gave it to Christopher Columbus. Where is he buried? And then they just cut to the cathedral <laughs> and they don't even show his tomb or anything. Jeremy Irons just walks into the cathedral. Another priest comes out with a treasure chest, a little mini treasure chest, and there's the apple. Like it had just been sitting there. Like the Templars have it's agents like, throughout all history. It's like they just finished a scavenger hunt. Yes. Like, ah, you have arrived at the proper location. Here is your <laughs> apple that controls free will. Yep. Um, and then he takes it to like this big Templar like convention. <laughs> and he's ready to present it and he brings it out and then uh, I'm here to present the apple. He's in a booth. <laughs> it's like Comic Con but with a whole bunch of assassins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the Templar yeah, convention, just a bunch of like old people, old white people who are ready to take over the world and they're all up in the cathedral rafters and whatnot watching Jeremy Irons do his um, oh, you know, yeah. Tony Stark presentation. Are there not chairs? Do they just fun. stand in the rafters? Yeah, a lot of them are just standing. Which yeah. <laughs> uh, is cool to see. Uh, before, like, the last time uh, Fassbender was in the Animus, uh, he, like, became full assassin. Okay. Like, he finally synced up 100% and then he, like, broke all the other assassins ancestors out of the prison and so while Jeremy Irons takes off in the helicopter with Marion Cotillard um, he scales the whole facility and then almost gets the helicopter but then he dons full assassin then he goes to the cathedral where they're having the convention and then <laughs> Fassbender walks into they do a short thing where one of his friends like tries to get through security and he hid like a dagger in his throat and you think, oh, that guy's going to do something cool with that dagger later. And then he doesn't show up for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> but Fassbender gets through, and they don't show him getting through. He just walks up to Marion Cotillard, who's hanging out in the hallway, uh, kind of upset that she realized that her dad is actually, like, his, he has ill-gotten means for this apple instead of science. Sure. And then Fassbender comes up to her, and he's like, you know, you know what, I have to do this, right? She's like... I'm conflicted. I don't want you to kill my dad. This she does not. Dialogue. She does not. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I was like, I, I'm please. paraphrasing. Be, on I'm her face, her, act, like, her, her acting is saying, like, I, you know, I know my dad's evil, and you sh- someone should do something, but he's my dad, so I don't know what I should do. And she, she just elects to do nothing as Fassbender just walks into the back of the convention and jumps up behind <laughs> Jeremy Irons, cuts his throat, and you don't see the slit line or anything. It's just like he's wearing a collar, and he just kind of in slow motion falls, like, no blood, just... Ah, oh, my throat's yeah. cut. Yeah. I don't know what the yeah. fuck you just said. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you're special, man. <laughs> <laughs> you just explained the entire movie, and uh Because I, I, the ending, after that, Marion Cotillard goes and finds her now dead dad, and then she's like, oh god, what have I done? I have to take over his work. Wait, what? Yeah, so she become like, she just takes over his place, even though she was, like, all about the science and letting Fassbender kill her dad. She's like, why did I just do that? I have to be the new 
king of the Templars or whatever, and then no, she takes No, that's, that's not how being the daughter of an evil genius works. You and don't then, have to be the next evil genius. And then that sets up the sequel. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Because there's not going to be one. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, wow. Uh, good. No parkour to kill Jeremy Irons. <laughs> <laughs> and then Marion Cotillard, who's been like an ally throughout the whole movie, is like, yeah, I'll be the villain in the next movie. Sure, yeah. whatever. Uh, that sounds terrible. Yeah. And then the other thing I watched was Why Him. Yeah, I saw that. Henry also saw, and I thought it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Um, uh, kind of cute, kind of feel good kind of movie. Yeah, it's, it's that's the like guess who's coming to dinner, but yeah. something. Yeah. What is it? Uh, uh, James Franco's a douche. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, right, 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 right. A douche yeah. for the heart of gold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah His yeah. intentions are good, and uh, the whole movie you're kind of waiting for like, well, how is he actually? Yeah. Uh, not a good guy, and and it just if it I comes up, but it's quickly diffused because yeah, it's, it's like it almost the point where like he is just a good guy. Yeah. Like, like his he like has no filter. Is he? That's like like that and the whole like. I mean, I guess we can spoil it because who gives a shit. But like, the thing that makes him bad is he saved Brian Cranston's f- company without telling Brian Cranston. Yeah. What? So like, because like it's set up in the beginning that Brian Cranston's company like it's like a paper company. Sure. And they're like, I think it was like what three hundred thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and they're like three hundred thousand dollars in debt. And then at like towards the end of like Christmas, James Franco. Like buys, like the debt from the company as like a Christmas present. See, if sure. I was in charge of that, it would be genius to actually put like Michael Scott in charge of it. Like it is Dunder Mifflin. Mm-hmm. I would pay for that yeah. if I was making that movie. Really, like, have Michael Scott show up. Anyways, what's why him about? <laughs> so, yeah. And so like, it's, it's exactly what the trailer is. Yeah. Like the parents it's, go. Well, actually, in the trailer, I thought like, because the 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 fiance doesn't know. Like in the trailer, yeah. actually seemed like they're engaged and so yeah. they're finally going to meet the family but James Franco hasn't proposed, proposed yet. yet he just yeah. wants to get the blessing for Brian yeah. Cranston and so the most of the movie is just trying to convince Brian Cranston that he's a good dude yeah so huh. so that he can't propose and he has like this big proposal um, yeah. which is a cool cameo <laughs> yeah at the end yeah um, um, I thought the ending was I mean like I will say like I was not having fun until James Franco came in yeah once James Franco comes in I start yeah he's definitely like I was expecting him, but he is funny in the film. Like, it's only like ten minutes in, so it's not like yeah. you have to wait. It's, long not, it's not like an hour in yeah. or whatever, but like, uh, like him and Keegan Michael Key are both good in the film. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just overall, it's a fun film. So yeah. one that's probably going to be on FX at one point. You can watch there. So, oh, there you go. Like, yeah. and it boils down to like the main messages. Like, you know, there's these two men trying yeah. to decide how this daughter should run her, her life. life yeah because uh, at one point she says like she's gonna drop out of college yeah which is a big deal to her dad so she can go uh, start this uh, startup under James Franco's company mm-hmm. instead and so um, yeah it eventually boils down to like everyone just let her make her own decisions yeah so um, yeah cool is that it? Uh, oh, oh that's right you saw the other two movies we saw this week right <laughs> Henry what'd you see? Uh, Alright, well, to, well, I saw my hand, but we were talking about that. To start, uh, this week for Art House Asshole, uh, the article came out, is on Into the Inferno, which is the new Werner Herzog film. Oh, is that the computer one? No. The one about the internet? No. Oh. That's just one of the three other films he made this year. Right. Uh, Into the Inferno is essentially about, doc- it's about volcanoes. Okay. It's him and this guy go to, like, all of, like, the big major volcanoes around, like, the world, and they go, like, look at this volcano, isn't it neat? 
And then they, like, talk to people who live near the volcano. They're like, yeah, that volcano's pretty neat. And they go to the next volcano. Oh. And they do it, like, seven times. That sounds wonderful. Um, it's a great nature documentary. Okay. Like, uh, it's, it's essentially, it's an f- extremely well-shot, like, National Geographic film on volcanoes. Yeah. It's a Netflix original, so if you want to watch it, it's and, on Netflix. And narrated by Werner Herzog. Yeah, he's in it, too. Like, awesome. he, like you see him talking to other people. Yeah. Him and, like, Clive, whatever his last name is, who's the volcano, volcano specialist. Vol- Vulcanist. Vulcanist, I guess. Um, I made that up. All right, cool. It's probably similar. Um, but, like, it's just them going different places, and then each one time, like, it's just someone who lives there being like, yeah, this volcano's really cool. And then they just move on. Uh, in my, re- yeah, I recommend you read my review for it, though. Okay. Because uh, halfway through, it's, I just... Nature documentaries aren't my thing, sure. so I was kind of bored to tears by it. It is kind of repetitive <laughs> as well, um, and so I was just like, and so, but it doesn't technically do anything wrong. It just that's just what it is. Yeah. So halfway through my review of it, I realized that this review is pointless. So I just start reviewing Scooby Doo instead. Um, so that explains that graphic. Yeah. So, so that's this week. And since we're going to be doing film flows next week, uh, for our house asshole next week, it'll, it's the last our house asshole of the year. And I recommend you read the review because it is the worst documentary I've ever seen <gasps> and one of the worst films I've seen this year. Nice. Wow. Is it about Independence Day Resurgence? Uh, it is, yeah. Um, the making of it? Yeah. Um, Entertainment Weekly agrees with me. Independence Day Resurgence, not even in the bottom five of my films this year. Yep. Because, I seen it yet, because, so. I, because you so don't understand what bad films look like. I do know what bad films are. No. It's called Independence no, you Day don't. Resurgence. You haven't seen Yoga Hosers. You haven't seen this film. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this film, it's the first time that I've done this, like, I think I've reviewed almost 40 films for this series now. And uh, this is the first time... I I've feel terrible, because I know I haven't read 40 articles. <laughs> You're yeah, amazing! Thank you. Um, Have you read 40 articles? I've written one per review, yeah. I don't know, it might be like it might be like 30-something, but it's all it's close to 40 now. I forget wow. which one, but it was like a really huge performer a couple weeks ago. Oh, really? Was it Silence? No, no. Oh, really? it, was one, it was before Silence. Silence did well, but it was one of the ones before that. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah, one of yours took off really big. Oh, yeah. neat. Um, like 100. So oh. not, if you're expecting 1,000, no one's no, going to it. Was, that was like 700 and something. I think Leprechaun's at 1,000. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this film, it's another documentary because I've realized that I dedicated December to documentaries and I released the schedule not realizing there was one more week in December that I forgot about. <laughs> so this one was kind of filled with will. This one was called Kate Plays Christine. Uh, mm. It came out at, it mm. at Sundance this year, and it was a weird turn of events. Do you guys know who Christine Cubbard is? No. Or Kubbuck is? No. Uh, is she the lady who killed herself on yeah. camera? Yeah, I know her. Uh, in the 70s, she was a news uh, reporter who killed herself on air. Oh, okay. Uh, and in a weird turn of events, at Sundance this year, there were two films that had her as the subject. One was a biopic on her, which Rebecca Hall played her, and it was actually, it's actually gotten really good reviews. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm excited to see it. And then this film, which is a documentary this is not a base format I used to air quotes around documentary yeah this is one of the most insulting films I've seen of all time oh. uh, basically the, fil- the film the film you're making us want to watch it I know you, re- <laughs> you really are okay so basically this film is the premise of it is that it's this actress who is kind of like a failed kind of she's in that like mumblecore kind of way but like not even like the good mumblecore like do sure. popular she's like Joe Swanberg level mumblecore yeah um, the kind of mumblecore that I completely ignore. Yeah, the kind of mumblecore that no one's ever seen, um, except <laughs> me. So, but she, the plot is that she's playing. She's as herself. Uh, her name is Kate Lynn something. I can't remember her last name. Sure. She is 
preparing to play Christine Kubik in a movie, and you see her process. Um, the problem here is that, ha- like, around a, after the first act, I started realizing this entire film is staged, is either fake staged or parts that are faked and staged. And the big reason I figured that out is because they're only making the film of Christine Kubik for the documentary. Right. So that way you see her process. Yeah. So at the same time, though, what? that's not how documentaries work, though. Right. Like, documentaries are just capturing what life is, not setting things up to capture what you want. Yeah. But it, but it's it's clearly not, like, a mockumentary. It no, it's, wants it, to be it, a documentary. No, we're, this, and that's why... We'll get into why I don't like it. Okay. Because that can be... I can pass that. Yeah. If it, if it were intent, if it are, were upfront about the fact that it's not real, yeah. that would be a different conversation. No, no. And, like, there are parts where, like, she talks to people that Christine knew, and so that way she can research the person and become that person. Yeah. But everything with her... And the actual on-set stuff, I'm almost positive, is completely fake. And the, where the issue comes up is that not only is it fake, but it it insults who Christine was. Like, it essentially comes to the conclusion of, one, Christine Kubik was a bad person and was selfish to kill herself on air. Uh, and, and well, meanwhile, the entire film, when you're meeting people that she knew, it's a very sympathetic story as to, like, what led her to kill herself. Okay. And, uh... And I won't spoil that in case I haven't seen Christine, which is the actual biopic, which yeah. I do want to see, and that's made by someone who I actually really like. Yeah. Uh, but, so I'm not going to say, like, those events kind of things, but it very paints this very sympathetic picture of who Christine Kubik is. Yeah. And then at the end, it's very much like the lead actress and the film crew are like, yeah, she's a, just a dumb broad who killed herself because she was lonely, or just talking about how selfish and stupid she was the entire time, which is insulting like, as someone who's experienced depression and, like, right. suicidal thoughts, yeah. it's a very, like, horrible way to look at that scenario. Yeah. But not only does it does do that, it also insults the audience and antagonizes the audience who's watching this film <laughs> by saying, why do you want to... How, what disgusting human being are you that's led you to want to watch a film about Christine Kubik or watch about this fascination about this woman who tried to kill herself? Yeah. Which... You can antagonize your audience. That's something that I can think can work. Yeah. Funny Games by Haneke, I think it's a genius way to do that. Where yeah. that film, the purpose, Haneke has said, if you make it to the end of that film without pausing it, you're a bad person. <laughs> so that works for that film. Yeah. This film, it doesn't work. And it's the only time, and I say this, keep in mind that I have an entire like article series on art house films. This film is pretentious as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like, the entire time, it's, like, talking down to you, like, you're such this fucked-up person for wanting to watch this film about this woman who killed herself, but you're the one who made this two-hour-long film about someone who wanted to kill herself. Yeah. While also mocking this person. Yeah. And so, no, you're not that so much better than all of us, like, when telling (laughs) us this. You're equally part of the problem here. Yeah. And so, I don't know, it's just a very insulting film to me. It's disgusting, it's just, like... I don't know. Some people think it's good. I don't. Um, I think it's shocking that some people say it's like a thriller in a way that, like, you see like her kind of her descent into badness as she becomes this character. But I'm pretty sure that's all staged to begin with. So who really gives a shit? Yeah. Like, and just like how it's shot, it like it's clear like that's not how documentaries are made unless you have five cameras, right. and when you cut to the other angle, that camera's gone now, but uh, it's still live action uh, and still happening in the moment. And so. Yeah. But 
I don't know. That's not a good sign. That article will be coming out uh, on this upcoming Friday. Cool. And it'll be the last review of the year, and it's the first time I've given half a star to a film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's you, awesome. Why you just... Why even half? Like, why just not zero? Uh, because, because if I don't have a zero, it won't say that I didn't give it stars. Yeah. You need to say, that's the lowest you can give while still saying I'm giving this a star rating. Yes. So... Yeah. Why just yeah. not give it a star rating? <laughs> Because then people could interpret it as, oh, no. maybe it's one star, or maybe it's one and a half stars. Oh, maybe he did, Oh, he just hasn't really rated it yet. No, no, no. We need to be very clear. Yeah, shit. This movie is not even a This is the star. lowest thing I can give it while still giving it something. Yes. So. Uh, it had visual imagery that earns it a half a star. Yeah. So, um, that's the last Art House Asshole of the Year. Uh, that was the December documentary project. Nice it was done. I will say... I feel like most of the ones you saw were not that good, though. Yeah, I realized halfway through that maybe... I'm, documentaries aren't really my thing. <laughs> I kind of wish I didn't dedicate an entire month to them. But uh, Yeah, that's awesome. But, yeah, uh, next month will be January, and it'll probably be when I'm getting in all of the uh, Oscar-nominated Best Foreign Films. Okay, cool. So, which I will predict now, Tony Urban's going to win Best Foreign Film. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about in news, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but yeah. uh, they released the short list for Best f- uh, Foreign Film for the Oscars. Mm. And the one that they thought was the front runner is did not make the shortlist. Really? So, yeah, and that's which Al, uh, which is uh, oh, right, one yeah. that's directed by the same guy did RoboCop and all those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, one that I did not see yet because I didn't think it was all that interesting looking. Yeah. And it was the front runner, and I now it's not that. even on the shortlist. So I'm pretty sure Tony Urban's going to win Best uh, Foreign Film then. So, okay. which I already reviewed for. So if you want, you can go read that review and decide if you want to see it. Should be coming cool. out soonish. So. Very cool. So yeah. Awesome. Good job, sir. Uh, is that everything yeah. you saw lately? Uh, just. I saw Gigi, which is a '50s like musical, oh, one okay. best picture. It was yeah. okay. Uh, it's not. It's, it's known as like one of the weaker best picture winners. Yeah. Uh, saw that. How green is your valley? Didn't see that one. No, I'm just saying that's one of those that. Anyway, yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I watched uh, Deepwater Horizon. Ooh, how is it? Uh, that was pretty good. I actually liked it. It's a. Uh, I saw you gave it four stars on on Letterbox. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, it's very much. Yeah, it was a good film. It's like one of those like kind of like. Not the best of the year, maybe. Yeah. But it's still pretty good. Like, uh, it's cool. one that I'm sure like people will find on TV at some point and be like, that's pretty fun. So, is that one I, fun, but... Is that one actually directed by Peter Berg, or is yep. it just Peter Berg-y? It's, uh, it's directed by Peter Berg. Okay, cool. That and Patriot's Day, the two films he made this year. So. I know, man. I, he's working busy, too much. So. Seriously. Both Mark Wahlberg. Both Mark Wahlberg. And I need yeah. to get off this oil rig. Were they just all... That's, a, that's an actual line from the film. I bet. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Kurt Russell's also really good in it. Cool. Uh, John Malkovich is the only part that I thought was bad. So, because he's doing like, so I don't know if it's supposed to be a southern accent or if he's his character is just not smart. But it's <laughs> like you can tell he's trying to do something and it's just not yeah. working. So it's like Rounders. Yeah. <laughs> so well, Rounders, his accent like is consistent. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I'm like, wait, are you not southern anymore? Like, yeah. And also his character's just an asshole. I don't know if that's how it was in real life. Sure. And there are, like, some parts that, like, I'm like, okay, that clearly couldn't have happened, like, really. Yeah. Like, the part where, like, when it finally catches on fire, they're in the middle of having a party celebrating four years without an accident. No. Yeah. I don't know if that actually happened. I'm sure, like, it was, like, it did happen, like, four years. Uh, Yeah. But I don't know if it was that day. And so... But it does that kind of convenience kind of for story If things. Uh, Celebrate was playing during that time, then it was like, <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. yeah. Um, everyone's good in it. And then, like, the, the spew of fire is, like, knocking back and <laughs> forth with the music. <laughs> it does It does take, like, an hour before, like, the fire happens. Oh, the first hour is oh so being... we can fast forward through the beginning. 
The beginning's good, though. The beginning is, like, them being like, hey, I'm pretty sure, like, something bad's going on here. And John Malkovich is like, nah, keep going. <laughs> and they do it, and then everyone, like, dies. So. Of course, the second half is the good part of the film. Like, that's the part that you're going to want to see. And that part is really intense and good. But, cool. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, I'd definitely check out Deepwater Horizon. Sweet. So. Awesome. And I think that's the only thing that I can think of that is worth mentioning. Okay. Oh, oh rewatch Nice Guys. That's another one. Yeah, that's uh, a good movie. Uh, it's a very good movie. It's a very well written. It was I didn't love it as much as everyone else, but I will say it's a very good movie. Very, it's definitely one of the best scripts of the year. So yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I, I bet we'll talk about that some next week. Probably, probably. Um, and yeah, I think that's the only stuff worth of note anyway. So cool, cool, cool. Here cool. yeah, you. Oh, okay. Um, not a whole lot of stuff. I I talked about Neighbors two last week, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, okay, did. cool. Um, so really, the only thing is, I skipped talking about uh, the Hunt for the Wilder People. A couple of weeks ago, um, I realized that I had, I had crossed that one off my list but never actually talked about it. Um, and that movie's really cool. It's a New Zealand film with Sam Neill in it. Uh, or is it Australian? No, it's New Zealand. It's, it's from the thing I did. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, Sam Neill's wife adopts this little kid who... I don't know what it is about, like, any time that a, that a little boy of a, you know, British colony... Type descent, descent with that kind of accent who really likes hip hop music always adorable. Anytime they like hip hop music, like anytime they're talking about like how they want to be a gang star, like it's always really great. Um, and he's one of those. He's just this like fat little kid that they say like you've got the protagonist is like his is his um, uh, foster handler right yeah, from yeah. the foster agency uh, and she or the antagonist I should say and, and she's just terrible and like keeps telling the adoptive like, mother like all the horrible how horrible he's done. he like, is they do it, I think three times where they list like oh, yeah. all the things he's done and it's always like yeah <laughs> like, that's not, what kids no. do like, right um, and does it in front like when the when the, the new mother like adopts him uh, <laughs> is like straight saying like well we'll be back in a week or so to take him back when you're done with him because um, you won't want him because you like, won't want to keep him uh, but it's a really fun story, fun little story. Uh, him and Sam Neill together are really, are good, really yeah. great. Um, There's a lot of just, to it as well. Yeah, exactly. It's just one of those like easy to recommend little adorable films that is yeah. always fun to watch. Like you know, just yeah. co- pretty consistent. Um, and yes, has some weird stuff in it, but not. It's palatable in the way that a Swiss Army Man is not, yeah. and then delivers at the end in a way that Swiss Army Man does not. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's it's something everybody should go check out. Like it's on Amazon, you can rent it for like four bucks. Like, go watch uh, yeah. for the Wilder People. You will be happy that you did. It's not as funny as like what we do in the shadows. No, I think there, I think it's, it's a not film at the end. Yes. So. Oh yeah. No, I would agree. I, I think it is a more heartfelt, good story with like something to say. Yeah. Where where what we do in the shadows is like a series of really good yeah. skits. Sort of melded together into yeah. a really good comedy film. This this is closer to a Little Miss Sunshine esque yeah. kind of story. The only issue I had with him that like that was like a major issue for me was like the love interest like that comes in like the third act. Like oh yeah, that's the part I was like I don't like that. Like that yeah, doesn't just, feel necessary. It seems like, tacked in. Yeah, I would agree. But that's the only part that I was like really against. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, that is pretty much everything for me. Damn. Uh, ah. Yeah. Yeah, I watched a lot this week. I. He said, I, for some reason, I cut up. I watched, uh, I don't think I talked about that. So I watched both Creep Shows. Did I talk about that last No, time? you didn't. Okay, so uh, Creep Show 2 was released by Arrow in a limited edition. And it's really awesome. It comes in this case, and it comes with a comic of the, uh, a script that George Romero and Stephen King wrote, but never got a chance to film for Creep Show 2. 
So they released it as a comic in this uh, limited edition. Um, they're both pretty fun. The first one is a little more EC comic style, where it's a little more over the top. Um, I, I really like uh, the Leslie Nielsen story. Uh, it's it's the one where he buries Ted Danson in the sand and the tide comes in because his wife's having an affair with him. Yeah, fuck Ted Danson. I, I like that one. And I also like the one with the monster in the crate. I think it's pretty good. Um, has Hal Holbrook stars in it. Um, the acting in it's really good. Uh, but yeah, the first creep show is like super over the top, really uh, comic-y, pulpy. Um, it's a fun movie. Cool. Uh, the second one is a little more serious. Uh uh, the first one is about this general store owner in this old, like, uh, Indian reservation part of town, and they're murdered by a group of uh, kids, like, gang members, and then uh, the wooden Indian comes back to life and kills them all. It's kind of like a slasher. Um, the second one, I think, is actually uh, the best one from Creepshow 2. It's called The Raft, where these kids go swimming in this lake, and there's, like, this... Uh, it kind of looks like a plastic bag, but it's, like, this goo... That eats them, and it's it's really cool. Like this, the gore effects are amazing in it. And, and the last one is kind of a funny. Uh, this lady is having an affair with like a like a male prostitute. What do you what do you call male prostitute? Gigolo. Gigolo. Thank you. And uh, so as she's leaving, she runs over this hitchhiker, and instead of saying anything, she just drives away, and the hitchhiker keeps on coming back, and he's like hanging on her car. And he's like, "Thanks for the ride, lady." It's kind of a funny little. <laughs> Like, it's, it's really, really tells from the crypt, easy yeah, comic style. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, and if you if you want to, I hate that it's out, it's sold out. But if you can get the non-limited edition from Arrow now, um, so you still get the movie and some of the special features, and it's worth yeah. it. Uh, I rewatched Suicide Squad. Uh, I saw the extended cut. I was just going to ask. Um, and I actually had the opposite experience of Brad. I actually enjoyed it more watching what? it the second time. Really? Yeah. I, I forgot to talk about it, like, after I left, I kick myself because I didn't talk about the part where the extra scene where Joker's driving the semi and then Harleen Quinzel rides up alongside him on a motorcycle what? and then gets ahead of him and then like Jean-Claude Van Damme drops the motorcycle and like you know surfs it mm-hmm. to a stop What? What? and then gets the Joker to stop the semi and then they have this exchange about like how come you don't love me it's like baby I'm just like I'm my own guy I don't like love anybody and then some other random dude walks up and <laughs> He's like, hey, man, move your semi. And then Joker shoots him. And then she takes the gun and, like, threatens to kill both of them. Does I think think Harley shoots him. I thought the Joker did. And then she took the gun from him. I'm not watching it. Mm -hmm. But I actually read into that uh, scene that it's showing how damaged the Joker made Harley. And she's willing to go to extremes to be with him. Yeah, but how, when she's Harley Quinzel, is she able to, like... Jump off of a motorcycle and surf it like like she's fucking Love die another day, James Bond. Oh fuck off, my gods! Oh, ugh. she used to be an X Games contestant. No, no, <laughs> it's never talked about. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will say, yeah, the the extra stuff doesn't really add too much to it. Um, but uh, so for some reason, you, I picked up the story better. Do you think that it's the extended edition that made you like it more, or do you think it's just See, I can't say that seeing it for a second time? I think seeing it for a second time. I think because maybe my expectations were a lot lower, uh, because when I saw the trailers and going in, I said, oh, it's going to be cool. Uh, you know, I, I'm i still not sold on Jared Leto's Joker. Uh, I, I guess I prefer the more traditional Joker. I'm not saying that he's bad in it, but the punk rocker kind of with tons of tattoos. The take on it might not. Yeah. And it might, it's not really his fault because it's, yeah. he's, it's the material he's given. Um, yeah. So I... 
Yeah, I actually didn't have as big a problem with it the second time watching it. Huh. Um, I still have a problem with the ending. I, I, the Diablo character, I still think doesn't really earn anything. Yeah, no. he's still like a murderer. And like, is there anything else coming out into the extended cut yet? Is there anything else within like? Because like, remember when I saw in theaters, Diablo, spoiler alert, dies, and then they just never mention him ever again. Is there anything with him again? Well, no. the, the credits basically roll 13 seconds later, so it's not. Well, uh, like, but like, there is the one thing I did like about the extended cut is there is more uh, bonding with the team. Okay. So the scene where they're in the uh, the bar. bar is, I think, the longest added scene. It's also the best scene in the in the original cut. Yeah, like so... It's, it's the closest to actually making you like the characters that they ever get, as I remember. Yeah, and it has... Uh, there is a couple more beats with Harley where um, she realizes that the Joker isn't good for her, but it also has a really ham-fisted ending is, you mess with my friends! Like, they wanted to give Harley, like, the Yeah, they the wanted to make her ending. the hero, yeah. Or, I think Harley actually works better as, like, the anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's still fun. Yeah. I still, uh... I, I don't know, there's something... Uh, the fanboy in me loves seeing Batman fight Joker and Harley. Sure. So, and I think Ben Affleck's actually a really good Batman. Yeah. Um, his scene at the end, whatever. It's Again, it's not his fault. No. Um, no, no, no. It's them pushing me in a... Extended universe, which I don't think they've earned yet, but yeah, you know, I, I actually didn't have a problem. And I, I said it last week. I still think the film looks it looks amazing on Blu-ray. Oh yeah, it really does. I bet. Um, the colors. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to explain them to you, James. But the colors look great. <laughs> um, did you watch the special features? Uh, I watched a couple of them. Yeah, I was surprised. Like Cara Delevingne doesn't show up. Like when they talk about like the squad, mm-hmm. I know she, she's not. Who like, is she that? was the villain of the movie. Who is Enchantress. Oh. oh, okay. But, like, in the marketing, they made it seem like she was, like, yeah, the Suicide the Squad. But, yeah, she's... I know she's actually part of the team in comics, but... Yeah. At some points, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. in all the Suicide Squad comics I've read, Enchantress is always, like, there. Like, she's never, like, the main focus of the squad, so... Even if she is part of the squad at all, so... She's, like, the Zatanna of the Justice League. Or, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, it's weird. It seems like she got downgraded on mm-hmm. the making Well, it might be because like, they were trying to sell her as, like, she's part of the squad, and then after the movie's out, they're like, no, yeah. she's not. Like, <laughs> it's also an easy... It's an easy in, in. In the same way that, like, early on when we would talk about what they should do for, for the Avengers movies, we, we had said, like, oh, yeah, you should just make the Hulk the villain, where they all have to go, you know, find and, and, and you know, uh, trap the Hulk. Uh, like, it's an easy way where you could introduce all of the characters by having one of them sort of be a villain but in this case since they kill her at the end you kind you know and then they also kill another one of the members I don't know Slipknot yeah well and Slipknot he does have a couple more beats too in the extended cut oh oh, he doesn't it's it's not it's not like in the theatrical where they're like oh it's the nuts here you you don't even get an introduction and then your head blows up yeah in the in the extended cut they show him at them where they're getting ready like oh okay Does does he get like a title card? Does he? I don't remember. I don't think he does. That still makes it kind of obvious that his head's gonna pop. Yeah. Um, The only thing I forgot to mention is that there is not an original cut on this disc either. There's not. Wait. You have to get what? You have to. They've got your cuts on it. Where? It's on a different disc. Uh, what disc? I don't know. I don't know what I do with it. Weird. I mean, I got the Steelbook one, so maybe I only got two discs. So that sucks. Well, you have to look at mine. Yeah, that's, that would be insane. But once the ultimate cut comes out and you can get... <laughs> then it'll be fun, yeah. so... Oh, gross. Uh, I also... There's a couple films that are, like, tearing on um, where they're going to fall for me. 
And so I rewatched Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, mm-hmm. and I still think the I still think the movie's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I love Lily James. I think she's great. Yeah. Um, there's some fun uh, interplay. I I think it's a great yin and yang when you have these like proper. Uh, oh, this is it's underneath that one. Oh, this is uh, you know, tea and cookies and then they're like kicking ass and stuff who does this i think it's uh, <laughs> yeah, right. i think it's pretty awesome is that the first time you've seen a case that has two two discs on top of each other yes i mean i haven't oh, seen that really? either oh, oh yeah no i've got time. a bunch of Usually them yeah like, no, it's very popular no, they got rid of that. no 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 they don't do that anymore um but i will say the blu-ray looks amazing mm-hmm. in fact like the makeup looks so much better on blu-ray what is this shit where ryan leaves the 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 alarm tags in his blu-rays who I doesn't do scrape those out yeah i, I just i just i'm not gonna be like oh the alarm tag i'm just gonna be like uh, so i'm just gonna watch the movie so dude i have goo-gone to the stuff off of there before i don't i don't want no don't fuck with my blu-rays anyway so how's uh Pride Pride and zombies? That's right. well the makeup shows up a lot better on blu-ray like you can see bite marks on people's faces oh, and where their jaws been ripped open it's pretty sweet that's um, cool the movie's still pretty silly yeah. I mean, it's not going to be in my top Wait. ten. I thought maybe it could squeak in at ten. Really? Um, you thought it was going to be the the, uh, the Hansel and Gretel yeah. Witch Hunters? Of... Not quite, but it's still pretty fun. I'll probably watch yeah. it a bunch more. But uh, I should probably... Right now, so on... Henry and I have been playing around with this Letterboxd website um, where you can rate all... I've, I've gone through and rated almost every movie I've ever seen now. Um, and the... Uh, where was it going? Um, anyway... Uh, on there, I've got like a list of all my movies for the year. It's not public yet for obvious reasons, um, but I probably need to go back and, and watch it again because otherwise it's going to end up too far near the bottom. And I, I do remember having some fun with that movie. Yeah, it's fun. It's, I mean, yeah. it's, uh, again, it's not like a special movie, but it's it's fun for what it is. Yeah, like they did a good job of taking something that's yeah. not really easy to do and making it pretty good. Yeah, I also rewatched Eddie the Eagle, which I still I think is a hell of a fun movie to yeah, watch. It's a good one. Um, you know, I think the problem with it is it falls into a lot of the cliches that you see yeah. in biopics. Yeah. But at the same time, everybody who's involved in the movie is having a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, uh, like, again, on Blu-ray, it's just so colorful and so bright. I think it really helps elevate the film. Yeah. Um, uh, there's some CGI and composite shots that are like, mm, not very good. But I still love the Hugh Jackman character. Yeah. Uh, I, I love uh, the character of Eddie the Eagle. I think he's a lot of fun to watch and as he's going through his quest and you know it's still really cute where uh his mom gives him the biscuit tin and it's like yeah that's where you put all your medals thanks mom and he leaves it's a really cute kid um yeah. so yeah if it's a story about a guy who's trying to make the olympic that's all he wants to do um and they they take a lot of freedom with the actual story but i like the story they tell in the movie so i don't care yeah as long again as long as the story's cool I, it doesn't bother me I, and I had fun with it. That's an easy one to recommend to pretty much anyone. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's that just is, such a great film. That goes back to this is like my either my first or second best like feel good movie of the year. Yeah, so. yeah. Because yeah. again, it's just people having fun, and it's it, it's safe. It, it is a safe movie you can tell anybody yeah. to watch. Oh yeah. I mean, it might, is it PG? I think it's PG. It might be like PG thirteen. It, it might be thirteen. I think there's some swearing in there. Yeah, there's swearing. Maybe PG thirteen because he drinks and smokes too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, it's nothing offensive and, when he says shit. And because, like, how often do you actually see a PG movie anymore? Like, That's true. Yeah. nobody cares about PG-13. Right. So. Um, cool. I, I watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang just because it's Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And I love that movie. Uh, I've talked about it many times. Uh, I'm going back again watching movies I'm not sure about. So I watched Ghostbusters again. And that must have been, like, the... I can't. I don't know what the right word is, but 
maybe it shouldn't be so... It's a fun movie. I still have fun watching it. And um, on Blu-ray, I didn't notice this, um, but it has... Uh, so on the letterbox, like, the ghost effects and the... the they extend past the letterbox? Yeah, they extend past the letterbox. Like, and the when they're shooting the uh, proton cannons and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I never noticed that before. I thought it was just cool. for the 3D version, but then I saw it in 2D again. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting choice. Again, I think it's... Uh, Maybe maybe the most underappreciated movie of the year. I don't know if that's the right word. Most I, hated for no reason. Yeah, yeah right. So. Yeah, it's still it's fun. The, it's, it's the most the internet is a terrible place of the year. Yeah, because I, I think all the actors are really good in it. They have lots of fun. I love Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, I still cannot stop laughing. I laugh every time he gets his sandwich thrown back at him at the end of the movie <laughs> for no reason. I think it's great. Yeah. Did you rewatch the... Like, it, there's an extended edition on there. So yeah, so I watch extended edition, Kevin too. Kevin, uh, the other Kev, Kevin Malone shows up yeah. in the fountain pass out, <laughs> yeah. just in a bathroom. Like. It, it's it's fun. And you know, too, even on, uh, so the movie, too, when they get sucked into the portal with the Rowan ghost, like, the movie expands to, like, IMAX level. It's pretty interesting that they did this on the Blu-ray. Um, and, and the Blu-ray is fantastic, too. The colors are stunning. Um, I, I still think it's it's a fun movie. I don't think it tarnishes anything with the Ghostbuster legacy. Maybe Bill Murray does because he's he's so like bad. He's, he looks like he's bored in it. He's so not funny in that movie until he's thrown out of a window. It's pretty funny. Yeah, then it's great. Um, in the special features, they talk about that whole portal thing at the end. Like mm-hmm. that was like a new ending that they did reshoots and added to it because mm-hmm. the original I guess wasn't. But yeah, so I had fun with that. And then I watched the last two things I watched. I went and I watched a couple of horror films that I heard good things about. Uh, the first one I watched is The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which I saw with my beautiful wife. Uh, it's directed by the guy who did Troll Hunters. Uh, oh. So it's it's a story about... Wait, uh, Troll Hunters is the weird like Swedish yeah. film where they're... Oh, okay, cool. Um, and again, it's just another low-budget movie, but he does a lot with not very much. I think I read the budget's like $2 million or yeah. something. Uh, anyways, the story is is Brian Cox is a forensic pathologist. Awesome. And his son, Kellen, don't touch the TV, um, is a forensic pathologist, and his son is like uh, a medical examiner who is helping him. And um, did your wife just put cats playing around in yeah. a Christmas tree on the TV? Yeah. In hopes that that was going to entertain him. He supposedly likes it. I don't believe it. So, anyway, so uh, he's crying. There. <laughs> So his he's literally crying. It's a family business, and um, eventually his son's going to take it over. And they're about to go home for the day, and they get this uh, one last body of this woman that was found in a basement of uh, breaking and entering. And the movie opens with the police going through this build uh, this house where these all these people are murdered in like horrible ways. Sure. And it looks like it was a breaking and entering that went wrong, and then they find this perfectly uh, unscarred, beautiful young woman like. No bruises, nothing on her. And they bring her to, uh, so they can perform an autopsy and see what happened to her. And throughout it, it kind of, I don't want to spoil too much in it. So basically there's something not right with it. And don't watch the trailer, by the way. The trailer, like, spoils a lot. Mm, Um, Basically, as they discover more, it goes in a way I would never even think it would go. Um, So, I mean, a good 40 minutes of the movie is them doing an autopsy. So it's, like, pretty uh, cool gore effects. Is it scientifically accurate? Laura? I don't know. Ask my wife. She says it's not bad. Uh, it's it's just... And the way the story goes is really fascinating. Cool. Um, 
it, it's you think it's kind of like a ghost tale, but then uh, I don't know, Laura, were you shocked by the reveal of what happened in the autopsy of Jane Doe? I was a little bit. Yeah. I didn't think it would. Yeah, I think you described it good. Like it takes a turn that you don't expect it to, and it, like weirder, weirder shit happens, and then they kind of put it together at the end. I liked it. I thought it was cool. And that one might end up on my ten favorite films. Ooh, cool. Um, just because it's so different. Um, that's and, pretty. That's pretty surprising, honestly, from like coming from the Troll Hunters guy, which is such a like. Not, not I don't want tongue in cheek is a little much, but like that's such a weird film. Oh no, this film is straight serious. It's yeah. Uh, there's, I can't even remember it. Oh, there, I guess there's a couple jokes in it, but there's this uh, there's this great thing where uh, Emil Hirsch's girlfriend comes to see what he does, and so Brian Cox pulls out one of the bodies because she wants to see it, and there's a bell on it, mm-hmm. and. She says, why is there a bell on? She said, well, back uh, in the 1800s, when morticians first started out, they didn't know if people were in comas, if they were still alive and people would wake up. So they put bells on the bottom of their feet so they would know if they hear a bell, they need to do something else. And so there's great scenes where you you hear bells throughout the um, throughout the film. It's it's short. I think it's like 85 minutes. Oh, wow. So it goes through really fast, and it's, uh, it's fascinating. So, yeah, definitely check it out. It's a... You can get on Amazon or uh, Xfinity. I think it's seven dollars. Cool. Um, Pop quiz. What's the code for breaking and enter- breaking and entering? There is no such thing as breaking and entering. <laughs> <laughs> There's criminal trespassing. It's a B and E, man. Um, and, and the last thing I watched, I watched another horror film that's gotten lots of uh, good reviews. It's called Hush, and it's a story about a deaf mute woman who is a writer, and she uh, Henry said somebody he, saw this. He saw this one. And so she, uh, obviously she can't hear, and she's terrorized by a home invader, but she can't hear him. So uh, she never knows exactly where he's at. And uh, there's some great moments early in the film. Yeah. Uh, so are you she, sure this movie's not called Wait Until Dark? No, yeah, it's definitely called Hush. It's definitely called Hush. Okay. And uh, the the star of it, she actually wrote the film. Yeah. Um, and her husband directed it, so it's it's kind of cool. So anyways, cool. Uh, the first. A little bit. You're kind of getting into her world. Like, oh, this is. She's a good actress, so it works. They do a good job of like setting up like things that will come in later, like with oh, her yeah. like uh, deafness. Yeah, so. absolutely. And so there's, uh, so she meets her friend from next door who read. She's a writer and read her book, and she said it was great. And her friend's learning sign language, so you really like her friend. Um, and about five minutes after her friend leaves, she's in the the uh, ladies in the kitchen cooking, and her friend runs up screaming, and she's all bloody. And uh, this dude comes up behind her and, like, is repeatedly stabbing her. And she doesn't re- react to it because she can't hear anything happening. So it's, I mean, it's tension-wise, it's really cool. And uh, the director makes some cool choices that every once in a while, he actually, when he does POV with her, he takes all the sound out. Mm. So you can't see what's happening. You have to pay attention to the images. Yeah. Um, and it, I thought it was actually a pretty well-crafted thriller. Um, a different... Um, it's definitely a different take on like the whole invasion kind of. Absolutely, thing. and then I was uh, I, I like too when uh, people are resourceful. Like uh, she's not. She it takes her a little bit, but once she gets going, she decides she's not going to be a victim anymore. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's pretty good. Then she starts like hanging paint cans from the ceiling and smacking yes. people in the face with them. And... Yeah, it, it becomes Home Alone. Right. Um, yeah. But like, there's like there's like one the part about that I like really liked. Like, the one scene that I thought was really, really good was, uh... Like, in the... Fr- I say it's probably the end of the first act. Is when, like... She knows that, like, someone's, like, trying to get in the house. And, like, she's like, you can go away. 
I don't know who you are. I can't report you. I don't because he's wearing a mask. Yeah. And so he's like, you're, "There's no way you. I don't know who you are. It's gonna be fine. You can leave. I won't report you. It's fine." And then he takes the mask off and goes, oh. "Now you know what I look like." And so and then he, then it begins again. Oh, so. that's cool. Yeah, and, and there's actually a, a little twist about two thirds of the way through, where she decides she's gonna run, and uh, he catches her. And it's like this violent, like, murder scene. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit. Is this how this movie's going to end? It doesn't, obviously, but um, it's the, it's, that's the turning point for her yeah. where she realizes she has to fight back. Um, Sweet. So, yeah, if you, it's on Netflix if you want to watch it. It's, oh, cool. it's, I think it's a Netflix original, actually. So, oh, wow. So, yeah, oh, okay, so it's, cool. uh, it's pretty well done. Awesome. And, in fact, I think on Rotten Tomatoes it's 100%, yeah. and on Netflix oh it's like five stars. Five stars. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of people like it. Uh, I'm not as in love with it as I was as The Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still I, I love new takes on horror films sure and I saw two of them yesterday so that's cool good the director is doing something big next like he got like he's, a big job from the camera what it was though he, I think he's doing the Stephen King Gerald's game yeah that's what movie, it is yeah. oh. which is one of my favorite Stephen King books yeah cool because it's different um, yeah that's what I watch uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast we saw in addition to Passengers La La Land Henry should people see La La Land uh, I will say I have a very controversial opinion on this film I think it's good. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's great. I there's a lot that I, there's some stuff that I really like about this film. There's also some stuff I really don't like about this film. I don't think it's the best film of the year, but we'll get into that. I do think you should see it though. So yeah, James. I think Henry is a Nazi. Uh, Sorry. I think that uh, you should do yourself a favor and go check this out. Obviously, if you don't like musicals, you will have a problem with this. But I when I walked out of the theater, I thought like. Oh yeah, this is the best musical since since uh, the South Park movie, and then I realized that this is better than the South Park movie. So I don't know how long it's been since this since there was a musical this good because all of the ones that Laura thinks are good are actually shit. So um, yeah, you know you should go see this movie because it's great. Brad, there's just an HG channel of kittens <laughs> yeah. playing with, with presents. Yeah, it's in it HD. is the it's the same ten minutes looped over. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's really repeated. just it's really just the same little video. It's the kitty show. Yeah, it's basically just a YouTube video on loop. There it is again. Yep, <laughs> there's there's that cat's butt. <laughs> um, what are we talking about? La La Land. Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, Obviously, Emma Stone is an actual <laughs> and every time she's on the screen, you can't, like, not watch her be adorable. Oh, she's stunning in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, Too bad she can't sing. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, we'll get into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad that singing really doesn't have that much to do with whether or not it's a good musical. <clears throat> anyway, go ahead. I think she sounds pretty well. I think she does a fine job. There's, there's one part that we'll get into that I realize that she's not great. Hedwig and the Angry Inch is a shit film. It's not what I'm talking about, but okay. I'm just uh, saying. <laughs> Uh, but for what uh, I assume it would probably be like a pretty average uh, like romance story, I thought they would, like the direction and the it, it's really creative and clever with how they portray like you know a romance that takes place over like four seasons, yeah. um, and like doesn't do it like in a Hollywood ending kind of kind of way. Like I, mm-hmm. I appreciated the um, the melancholy. Yeah, a little more realistic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this film is uh, transcendent and ma- fantastic and magical. And everything I every time I see a movie that I want a movie to be that I enjoy, then it just makes me love film more. And La La Land is that film. This movie's got tap dancing in it, man. It does. It doesn't get better than that. It doesn't. 
If you want to, you should just listen to the amazing trailer for La La Land. Write your own rules, you know, write something that's as interesting as you are. What are you gonna do? I have my own club. Is that gonna happen every time? I think so. How are you gonna be a revolutionary if you're such a traditionalist? You're holding on to the past, but jazz is about the future. Yes, you are. Maybe I'm not. It's like a pipe dream. This is the dream. It's conflict and it's compromise. It's very, very exciting. Here, then you should listen to the second trailer for La La Land too, because cool. it's a different song and there's it's really good. One? Yeah, there's two. There's one with one song and one with another one. say they're so good the you'll reason, say that it's so good henry i'm gonna say <laughs> the reasons that i didn't like the film are primarily a like stylistic thing oh where fair. it's like things that i don't like about the film someone would love for this for the similar thing oh yeah so if you're somebody so for example the one the one of the things brad said is actually one of the things i don't love is that they went 
back to the well with the like, hey, our title cards are going to be seasons of the year. Like that was a thing that when they did it, I was like, oh, seen it. Like I didn't oh, yeah, need that again. No, I, well, I just mean you you mentioned it in your like short synopsis. Yeah. Like there are things like that that I would agree. Yeah, there are little things, but like uh, I don't. You know, one thing I told other people that have seen the film is that I said like. If the entire film was fall, like the season of fall, yeah, that was the best part of the film, and that's the only part that I truly loved. Which season is fall? That's the one where they fall. That's the one where the relationship oh, falls apart. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, it, no, because the jumping forward and no jumping forward in time is so important. No, that, and no, I will fight you all day long because them falling in love to begin with is thing, really though. important. That's not what I'm saying, though. <laughs> oh, okay. What I'm saying is that like the style and tone of that. Is what I wanted. I think the other two, the like the be- the first oh, two seasons okay. and then winter, I think is too happy for what it is, and that's a stylistic no. thing for me. I just I'm just thinking this is just I I need some more like bad in this. No, so. because in, in in a movie in which the the whole point here is that the the dream of their love that they have when they're actually in love. Mm-hmm. Um, as beautiful as it is, is a motivation for them to go do these wonderful things in their lives, mm-hmm. and is bittersweet at the end when they like when they're back together or when they see each other and they're like, "Oh man, remember how great that dream was? Too bad we didn't get that." Mm-hmm. But at the same time, their lives at the end are markedly better yeah. for having dreamed the dream that they that they had. Yeah. Um, so I think you you need you need them dancing in the planetarium, even though that is saccharine, because. Yeah. The fact that it's saccharine is also the reason why they their relationship falls apart, and then you know. But that that dream that they both enjoyed so much, um, even though ill fated, is part of what changes their lives for the better. So okay. they're trying um, to show the inflatedness of the honeymoon stage of the relationship, where it's right. like it's yeah. always rose colored. Well, I can see they, that, like, but I think it's just a very like I think fall is such a different like there. I, it, it, oh, it's it's, supposed it's, to. It starts in spring, right? Uh, or I think it starts in winter. In winter. Yeah. Starts in, okay, so it starts in winter, and then like, but I would like it if it was like it progressed to fall, but it's like happy, happy fall, mad, sad, and then happy again, or like somewhat melancholy. But at the it's, end, it's happy without each other. Yeah, but the, the, the you're missing the point. Okay, you're, you want you want 500 days of summer without the first day of autumn, and okay. I'm telling you that you need at least for me, I need that 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 ending and in this case i think it's more beautiful because it really draws out how how completely false the dream ever was okay but that they both get something really great like they both go on and have this wonderful real life yeah um that is informed by the dream that they had together okay but you still have the melancholy of that moment where they where they see each other and and are really sad because they don't have that. Like they remember what how great it was to dream for that period of time, okay. and they don't have that anymore. But they actually both have really wonderful lives, okay. and their, their wonderful lives are fueled by that period where they were striving for this beautiful thing. Yeah, okay. Emma Stone got married to Tom Everett. Yeah, from American s- Werewolf in Paris. Uh, no, Spartacus from that thing you do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Like I genuinely, I know I couldn't believe he was in it. Yeah, when he pops, because when when we jump forward and she's married to somebody else, I was like, I don't care who this man is, but I do not care for him. And then it ends up being Spartacus from that thing you do, and I was like, Ryan Gosling needs to leave these motherfuckers alone. She has found a wonderful man, because in my mind, it, it's it's actually him. Yes, you know, uh, yeah. The movie to me, 
as I'm a I'm a sucker for old school musicals. I love yeah. the Mary Poppins and the Sound of Music. Um, so for it to just have that feeling to it, whilst at the same time make telling a modern love story, I yeah. think is really great. I think Emma Stone crushes it. Uh, my my favorite moment with her is when they're having dinner together when they kind of what break up. Mean, yeah. And uh, he lashes out at her. And, uh, what, what's her line? She says, are you serious? I don't know how she delivers it. But at that moment, she broke my heart, too. Yeah. Uh, it's really great. And it, Ryan Gosling's so great in it. I I love when they're talking about, you know, the restaurant he wants to open and that he's never going to sell out. But then when he sells out to be in John Legend's, like, group, yeah. uh, she's, she asks him, do you even like the music that you're playing? And she, he says, it doesn't matter. I'm making money off of it. Is that what you wanted? I, I think it's uh, it's very... Very sad and very. Oh very yeah. At the same time. Well, and, and because what's so so this is a movie that I've clearly thought about a lot. Um, part of what's so great about this story is that the thing they're doing for each other is they're they're motivating each other to go after the thing that they actually want in their life. So she wants to be an actress and be famous and all of this stuff. He really wants to be into jazz, but they're both in this terrible funk. And and what's wonderful about that scene is it also shows you that the things that they are striving for and pushing each other to strive for are inevitably pushing them apart. You know, like that scene where she doesn't realize that if he becomes a famous jazz musician, he will leave forever. Like she wasn't thinking about that. Um, it's, it's just so like, ah, it's such a well-crafted little story. And the fact that, that the music just drops for that whole section. Yeah. Like there, there is no, you know, musical section there. Yeah. It also makes, I've listened to the soundtrack quite a bit this week. Um, it means that the soundtrack is actually very light. You know, there's only a couple of songs in yeah. the movie. Um, there's a lot of background music that's really good too. Um, but it's really, you know, the story is what is what kills it for me. And then what you were just alluding to, which is the sort of the production design that makes it feel like an old-timey musical. Every time that they tap, tap dance in front of a matte painting, I'm in heaven. Like, I just don't care, you know. It, it's just so cool looking. Um, oh, man. Yeah, you know, what sold me in this film immediately, I mean, I already knew I was going to like it because I love the trailers. Right. Um, and but, it's from the guy who made Whiplash. Like, so we knew I liked he was it before it. I saw it, but I loved it after I saw it. Yeah. Is at the beginning when they have uh, Emma Stone and all her roommates singing from room to room. And, and every room, room is colored differently. Oh. And has a different meaning in each room. I think yeah. it's just fantastic. Yeah. And I will say um, the opening song is not mixed very well, and you can't tell what people are saying. Yeah. Even on the soundtrack, it's really hard to see what they're saying. Um the, song, the songs that are just Emma Watson and, and Ryan Gosling turn out just fine, but the, but yeah, those those ensemble songs are just not mixed as well. So even the one with the roommates, like when you go back and listen to it, it's harder to tell exactly what they're saying. Um, but what makes this a great musical over something like a Chicago or something like that is that at least they're singing what is important to the story, and it's not just fucking like pop music or some garbage or like a dream. Um, ah, man, this movie is really good. I should clarify that I don't hate the film. No, I know, I know, no, no, I know. It was, just, and I don't think you're a Nazi. Like it's one of these. Like it's a very, very well made. Like production wise, it's an incredibly well made film. Yeah, it just never clicked with. Me. It's just too happy for you. Yeah, I'm right. a hassle. <laughs> I review one from a week where there's usually someone dies in the end. So 
Ryan Gosling should have got a letter saying that she died in Paris. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> then Laura would have been happy. Because yeah. Laura just wanted it to be sadder, which is not the point. Um, I want it to be sadder, and I wanted to have at least one piece that didn't have breathy vocals in one octave. Uh, it's supposed to be. It's uh, supposed to be that way because they're just singing in real life. The whole point the, of a musical is that they are people who start singing because they live in a happy, crazy, whimsical world where people just sing randomly on the street. If that's the case, then that's the whole point of a musical. Uh, yes. Well, that's why like Marlon Brando is so great in Guys and Dolls. Brad, yeah. Do you have anything to say? You've been quiet. Uh, well, there's been a lot of noise going on. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, God the cat channel is making a noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's really just still watching the cats. Uh, no, it's like the, her, the whole thing about the singing. Like, I thought Emma Stone's like final audition oh. monologue where she's singing. Oh, it's was, like, so good. Like, that was so good. emotionally like, packed with just song. Like, I because what what Laura, who is now out of the room, doesn't understand is, especially with a scene like that, the acting is more important than the than the vocals. I'm not there to listen to music. I'm there to see this great performance and her in that moment. Yes, it's a well sung song, but it's the look on her face and the way she's she transitions her heart into out it. For this role. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, she's she's uh, she better win for best actress because not only that scene, but she has scenes that are like you know the dinner scene. Yeah. Um, the scene where uh, he's walking her to her car. Yeah. You know, there's moments where she's just lovable. Yeah. She's Emma Stone. She's so good. And I love the part where she, he, yeah, she, he walks into her car and then you realize like his car isn't even near like yeah. where he yeah. said it was because mm-hmm. he just wanted to hang out with her. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this movie's great. And then the 80s, when he's in the 80s band. Oh, yeah. And she gives him shit. For... <laughs> yeah. Can you play I, I, what, what song does she want him to play? I run. I run. Flock of Seagulls. Yeah. yeah. And what does he say? No self-respecting musician would ever request that or. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Gosling is quite the charmer. He is. He's really good. He's really good. That's what I thought, like, right in the beginning, like, when she first notices him playing in the jazz bar, and you think, like, oh, this is where they're going to meet up, and the story's going to go this way. And she approaches him, and then he just blows her off. Like, and then we have to wait a whole other season what? for their relationship to even start. Sorry, go ahead, Ryan, but I just had, like, a eureka moment. Go ahead. Yeah, where he flips her off at the beginning, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's good stuff. Can, can, can we all pretend that this is actually a movie that takes place just before the events of Crazy Stupid Love, and that, like, this is somehow, like, we're, we're just wedged it in there. A Lothario and... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, there's just a section in there. I want to cut those movies together. I haven't seen that movie in a while. It's oh, man. Yeah. Because their chemistry together is really wonderful. It is. It's really great. And, I mean, part of it is because I love that movie, too. But. Yeah. Oh. Love it. Yeah. I love, love, love it. Gross. Yeah. Go home. I okay. Cut his mic off. Yeah. I get uh, three stars. This is what happens when we encourage... Out of three, of course. That's your scale. Out of five. <laughs> <laughs> and the cold-blooded guy is spoken. Uh, next week is Film Explosion 2016. Yeah. So make sure you send us your favorite films from 2016, and we will share them. I think... Are we recording on Sunday now? Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, no, so, sorry, I totally forgot about the dinosaur thing I was doing. No, it's fine. It's fine. I just wanted to communicate with people. And, and in this case, if we're recording yeah. on Sunday, then you have until Sunday to get in your top ten list the for us first, to read them on right? the show. The that would technically be the first yeah. of, of 2017. So uh, celebrate New Year's Day. Which means, yeah, you have on, on New Year's Eve, you have right up until the end of the day to watch the last few movies. Yeah. Uh, I still have a couple that I need to for sure check off. But I'm yeah. somewhere around 75. Me too. You're probably 216, right? No, this year I'm not 150 like I was last year. I'm just under 100. So. Really? Yeah, interesting. I went to I'm school in, and shit. I'm in 89, but 20 of them are old movies. 
Yeah. Oh. That's on the theater. That doesn't Special count. Bills. That doesn't For count. For I'm not does. I'm 69. I decided that I'm not going to do it, but I've been debating, like, for the past, like, year and a half for my number 10 film to be Thunderbolt 2. <laughs> just, just to sweep you right away. Not number one? What's wrong with you? No, because the thing is, I didn't no, want to, I the point is to sweep to sweep you it. right. Well, yeah, I was first. Even though it would be number one, you're just going to put a 10 to fuck yeah, over. But yeah. I, want, I, want, I decided against it because I thought, because if he doesn't, if this is the one you decides yeah. not to do it, I'm going to no. be an asshole. He, 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 he won't. He told me, I might just not put it on there. He, he won't. Screw you over. Like, yeah, like, he won't because he has to put Kickboxer Vengeance at number one yeah. because he loves that movie so much. So he's, you know, then it's just going to be his number two. Uh, the second worst movie of the year. Uh, no, the worst movie of the year. Uh, yeah, you're right. The second worst movie of the year because the worst movie is, is Yoga Hosers. You're right. Now I'm just considering doing my top wor- ten worst films of the year instead of like a top best. Yeah. <laughs> Throw everyone off. <laughs> It'll still have Thunderbolt 2 at number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never changes. Yeah. So yeah, who are we going to have on? Uh, Zach, who isn't here. Uh, Zach's definitely going to come. I haven't heard yet. I'm going to try to come. Henry's going to try to come, provided that he can. And the three um, of us. And the three of us. If Steve and or Kendall can come, I've invited them multiple times, but I haven't gotten word yet. Um, I've from Brian a while. He was here for the last one, right? He uh, does, yeah. He sent me a message. He's I've talked look, to him. Looks like he's aiming to be on for... Uh, Underworld? No, uh, it's something in May. I oh, okay. Literally just sent He was going to try to be on for uh, Rogue One, but things went wrong. Um, but yeah. So, cool. Yeah. My list is a lot less pretentious this year. Oh, oh Alien good. Covenant. He oh, talked okay. about being on for oh, Alien Covenant. Wait, that's March? No, I said... No, uh, May. Wait. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, May 19th. Yeah. Oh, okay. He said, hopefully I can see it with you guys. So. That'd be cool, yeah. So basically, it might be a five-hour episode. Yeah, it might be. I don't care. I mean, la- what was, like, 2015, that was five and a half hours, wasn't it? Was it? I think so. Oh, it with trailers five, and stuff. Five yeah. plus hours. Yeah. yeah, but I don't care. Especially, the the truth is, I, I mean, I'm sure listeners care because they don't really want to listen to any of this. Yeah. But, um, th- like, especially the years, like, last year where we had you and Steve on, and I think Zach was on too, was just really fun because then, like, we, we, get all, we get all these different views yeah. of, you know, because uh, the three of us put the same ten movies on our list, so, yeah. you know. Well, you guys, you guys are both putting Magnificent Seven on your list, right? Fuck no. Number <laughs> seven. Uh, ah! Worst performance by an ADR artist. Worst performance by a guy who works in the sound room. I'm more just dreading having to download sixty different trailers. <laughs> uh, uh, so much work. Well, we could, we could like, you know, pull the rug out from under one or two of us and, and oh, have sure everybody send their list to. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, like, if everybody sent their list to, to Brad and I, like, if Brad and I could, we could oh, download them ahead of time. Yeah. yeah. But, anyway, I, I like, I'm like surprised. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for listening. See you next week yeah. and next year. Yeah. Oh man, good year, guys. Yep. Sweet. Bye. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, we did it. Not yet. We still got to do it from Solution. No, because technically it won't be until after the new year starts. So You're right. Yeah. Fine, fine. Whatever. Whatever. Bye. Bye. Who knows? Is this the start of something wonderful? Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds Podcast.